Stand by to launch FanStream Sports. Three, two, one. Let's start. Hello, sports fans. Welcome to FanStream Sports. Nothing. Nothing but pure sports. This is the JP Show. JP, it is so good to hear you back on the air. Stand by. Now, here's JP. All right, welcome in to the Thursday edition of the J.P. Peterson Show. What is up, my friends? I'm jacked up for today's show. Got like six cups of coffee in me already, five-hour energy. I might implode today right on the air. I don't know why I did all that, but it's, I don't know. Can you pass some of that my way, please? I could I could use some of it this morning. I got a gift pack uh, the other day, and we were at the, at the Lightning Vision party. And they said, take a gift pack. And my boss says, eh, take two. So inside those were, were two cases, what, I, I guess a 10-pack a, a of 5-Hour Energy Extra. So, there, so I got four total. So now I got like 40 bottles of 5-Hour Energy that's, Extra. Not to question the lightning, but that's an odd <laughs> gift to include at know. a party, no? I don't know. There were also do dos and chocolate cookies in there. So I got four Four boxes of those. Well, things exactly what you need. So it's just like parting gift. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know where. where so where chocolate it all came chip from. cookies and five-hour energy. Yeah, and uh, two bags of Starbucks coffee too. I don't, I don't think they were trying to like you people aren't. <laughs> say, are they saying that you're low energy? <laughs> I don't know. Everybody got it. it. Wasn't just me. I'm like, what? Okay, whatever. So yeah, just a, here's a here's a big bag full of caffeine. Go out and conquer the world. So anyway, I'm uh, I'm uh, hopped up this morning. Hope you guys are too. We got uh, we got lots of good fun stuff to get to. Um, all kinds of crazy stories going on out there, uh, just to name a few. Um, we're gonna get to the Rays. Obviously, Taj Bradley was freaking phenomenal yesterday. I'm excited about his future. So we'll we'll, we'll get into that. Uh, J.C. Allen from Pewter Reports gonna join us at 11 to 30. We'll kick around some mini camp stuff. Look ahead to training camp. Um, the Gators are into the World College World Series final. We'll find out who they play uh, after tonight's game. Who is it, TCU? No, it's LSU and Wake Forest. LSU and Wake. Wake okay. LSU got them last night, so game two tonight. And okay. if, if you're not familiar with this Paul Skeens, by the way, oh, yeah. potentially the number one pick. He's either going to be number one or number two. His teammate, Dylan Cruz, is going to be number one or number two. Jesus. This Paul Skeens, they said, is the best pitching prospect, said Steven Strasburg. And trust me, when you watch him, you'll believe it. Yeah. He'll blow people away. Um, so that's that's coming up. We'll get into that a little bit. Um, we got some fun stuff for you since it's summertime. We're going to get into some fun poll questions as well. Uh, Joan Jett was at the game yesterday. She's got a com- uh, concert coming up with Brian Adams. He's wearing the wrong shirt, though. She's an Orioles fan. I don't. If you're doing a concert in Tampa and you're mingling around the community, don't wear the opposing team shirt in my in America's ballpark. What's the matter with you? I I, I respect that more than uh, being Joan? fake. Like you know, every every guy that comes does a concert has to put on the you know the jersey. Absolutely. No, I would much rather you be true to your fandom. Yeah, you're an Orioles fan. Put your Orioles you're, thing. What do I hate her? Honorary Rays. Honorary Rays fan. For respect the, night. the girl. Respect her. You know what? Baker look, Mayfield look showed up to a game with his favorite team, and I don't see him wearing a Rangers she's hat. She's an Orioles fan. I don't care. Think how much I she's don't give gone through. My God. The pain, the humiliation. Three straight hundred lost seasons, and she still puts Orioles on her chest? Mad respect. Is she the most famous Orioles fan out there? God, gotta be. Who's the most famous Rays fan out there? I think Fidel. Dickie V. Have you seen the photo of Damian Lillard walking around, around though, with yeah. the with the Rays hat on? What? 
There's like that. There's like that photo. I've seen it in like Dame recent time? days. Dame, when you showed up to a game, he was actually wearing this exact hat. Actually, I could tell because it had the little 47 logo on the side, and it had this logo. He was wearing this Tampa Bay Devil Rays. What's hat. the connection? <clears throat> I don't think there's any connection. I think he just think it looked cool. Must be coming. Remember to Miami. When, Remember Odell when he wore the Devil Rays shirt in batting practice? It, maybe it's just a cool shirt to wear. I think we're just cool. It's just a. It's a. It's a, the colors are cool, and we should go to it full now. time. I don't have a problem with that. Except the socks. No, the socks stay. The socks stay. Oh, my God. The socks are awful. Um, Yeah, so um, we'll get into some of that. Uh, We we asked a poll question. If if you could have – you remember when the Rays used to do concerts, right? I think they did one, what, two, three weeks ago as well. They brought that back. Oh, that's right. They did. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that used to be like a big deal. It sounded like it was a pretty big deal. Back when they were like marketing the team and stuff back in those days. Yeah. yeah, so the, we did a little poll question for you. I'm trying to find it here. Um, uh, with Joan Jett taking in a Rays game, which legendary rocker would you like to see at Tropicana Field? Let me just retweet this sucker. Uh, we gave you Bon Jovi, Kiss, Bruce Springsteen, or other, and then uh, comment below. Uh, Nick, Nick uh, intern Nick says Metallica or ACDC. I'm not sure the Trop can handle that. Can you imagine the... That equi- would literally blow... That the, the, the freaking catwalks would come down with Metallica and ACDC. The acoustics would be oh, unreal, though. It would be so bad. Be so bad. <laughs> in that place, acoustics are terrible in there. I, I don't know. I think it would be great. That's one of the bad I things think it'd be about fantastic. a in there. It's like you get this echo. It's just <laughs> not great, but... It's you know it's more about just the fun well, of it. I voted I voted for Kiss. The hell with doing your last concert in Madison Square Garden. Come to the Trop. Come, on, come to the Trop. What are you doing? Yeah. Now uh, I Madison went, Square Garden is the real mausoleum. Come on. I, I once went to a uh, to a, a, a Southern Rock show with Molly Hatchet, The Outlaws, and Thirty Eight Special. Your favorite band. That would have been my pick. Yeah. But if I had to do if I had like a like a fantasy one, it'd be a triple with Leonard Skinner in there as well. That would be. You could epic. see that. That would be epic. If they were God rest their soul, Tom Petty. If he there was would be still so alive. many jorts in that place, you couldn't. You <laughs> shorts and, and cut off t-shirts, bro. cut off Everywhere. t-shirts, but not Everywhere. not cut off t-shirts that you buy. It's the ones that you actually get the you scissors you make. and yeah, you make it course. your own. You know, buying buying a cut off t-shirt has got to be the worst thing. Ever. Come on, what are we doing? You don't buy. You, They're too thin. You hoodie. The, 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 the you thing do what Belichick does. Yeah. You don't buy it. The, you, the, you make it. That little strap is too thin, in my opinion. Yeah, it's way too thin. You got to open that sucker up and get it like right here. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that's your new Mo shirt too. Got to get it. Got to get a little angle on it. Exactly. It makes the makes your skinny little redneck <laughs> arms look bigger. Yeah, absolutely. No, I. I <laughs> my, I'm, I'm having flashbacks. That's exactly what my dad did to every shirt, <laughs> and my mom God, absolutely hated it. He would wear the same exact outfit you're talking about, jean shorts, and then he'd wear like the white socks that would come up a little bit with white shoes, only white shoes, would not wear dark shoes, and then he'd have that cut-off t-shirt, and he would go to like every Sunday, he'd go to like Home Depot with my mom, and my mom didn't want to be near him in the store. She said he was embarrassing him. <laughs> He's just like, that's just how I dress. I'm going to Home Depot. I'm not going to a fashion show. Right. Respect. Exactly. Oh, so, I mean, that's... Those are some of the the old school acts that would be just outstanding. So if you bring it back, jo- Joan Jett, um, I've have seen her a couple times. She's good. She's good. She she can rock it. She still uh, rocks it pretty hard. Brian Adams, you know, probably not not as big a fan as many were back in the eighties and nineties. You know, the Canadian rocker, 
But he had some good stuff. He had some good stuff. I'd, I'd definitely go see that concert. That'd be a little nostalgia. So you can uh, you can take 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 that uh, little poll and uh, you can mention whoever you guys want to mention out there. Um, we got a couple other polls today too, don't we? What yeah, we got one in light of the NBA draft tonight. Yes. What is your favorite draft to watch on TV? Which I'm going to assume everybody is mostly consensus on this one. Yeah, I mean, does anybody even watch the NBA draft? <laughs> I no, watch. Nobody watches the baseball draft. I stick of course, for the intern Nick does. I stick for like the first, <laughs> the first like 15 picks of the NBA draft. I stick around for. Yeah. Tonight I'll probably stick through 11 because the Magic have six and 11. Six and 11. Okay. Uh, the NHL draft. I don't think I've ever watched a second of that because the Lightning are never picking up top where it matters. I, I went to the NHL draft in Dallas one year for my old station, and it was like, it's tough. It seems a little low energy. <laughs> a lot of guys named Rasmus were, were drafted. <laughs> well, there's never any like... When there's a draft, lots of guys <laughs> named Rasmus are being drafted. I don't know any of them. Well, when was the I la- don't know a person named when, Rasmus. When was the last time the NHL draft had like a dispute? There were literally like three Rasmuses drafted yeah. in, that, in that first round. Well, when was the last time the NHL draft had like a dispute for the number one pick? It feels like it's always like predecided, like one guy's a year like, in advance, um, like miles better than everybody. And that's else. why I have no interest. I like in the it. NBA this year. Yeah. And with well, maybe, Zion, I might tell you later how it shouldn't be that way. But, you know. What? You cannot pick anybody, but Mister. Oh really? WinBA. Oh really? That's what they're calling. It's now the WinBA. Oh really? Yeah. I didn't want to get into it right now, so you can you can wait a little bit. I'll give All you right. my I'll give you my true takes on this NBA draft and this generational prospect. I'm uh, on Victor the, on the edge of my seat. Uh, Bucks talk. Uh, a Joe Bucks fan had a quick little article about how the Bucks secondary is perceived in in terms of rankings. And boy, when you think about it, a lot of the national media are like, okay, you got two corners there that are elite being paid as elite corners. And to me, the market tells me, tells me who's good and who's not uh, more than anything better than the most rankings. And you know, those two guys, need to learn how to catch the football. That would be nice. But they're great cover corners and should, should allow this defense to be really, really good. Um, one of the reasons I'm excited about it. And the addition of Ryan Neal. So we'll get into that a little bit. And a couple other cute stories. Um, the keynote speaker at the Psychedelics Conference in New York. Do we have a venture a guess who that might be? Yes. That's your man. Aaron Rodgers. Yes. Um, he was the keynote speaker. You know, we talk about, you know, drugs and NFL and, you know, what's allowed and what's not allowed. So I guess, you know, you can't take certain supplements, but you can you can do mushrooms in uh, microdosing, of course. That's okay. Listen, I well, personally have not done the microdosing yet, but I'm, I'm very interested well, in doing did, so. Didn't Jake Plummer fill yes. you in at the Super Bowl about yes. this? Yes, he, he I'm hooked. Perfect brand representative, by the way, for that. Exactly. With whatever he had around his neck, I can't even remember what that thing is. Are we calling it a satchel? It was a, it was yeah, it was a half satchel, half Boda bag. But I it, think. it felt, like, it looked like it was kind of braided though. Yeah. Like in a unique way. It would be some somewhere where you would keep your mushrooms. <laughs> that's exactly that's, that's a mushroom. He's bag definitely a guy that, that he's on my list of guys I'd want to have a beer with. Yeah, absolutely. He, he seems like he's very interesting. Well, I want to get into some of the things that Aaron Rodgers said. And these would be his teammates, and how because he, he's done this with his teammates, he's he smoked the ayahuasca, ayahuasca, ayahuasca. I like ayahuasca better; it sounds better. Um, with his, some of his teammates, and that comes came out. Uh, and there's another fun story about the epic partying of Rob Gronkowski. 
which is from one of his former teammates. We're going to get into that story as well, which is just absolutely fantastic. So we've got a lot of fun stuff to get into today. So sit back, relax, enjoy the big show today. Um, and uh, please get on Twitter and vote in our in our silly little polls uh, that give us some com- conversation points. So, yeah, we're picking it up today uh, with, with the summer content. So let's get, let's get into it. Um, first and foremost, your Rays last night, yesterday, I guess we, we should say, um, hell of a job by Taj Bradley. And, you know, we've got a big enough sample size here where <laughs> I'm just salivating at this guy's ability. Um, the right-handed McClanahan, as we're calling him now. He's got this kind of – the movement that we saw yesterday, the efficiency that I saw yesterday, um, the way he can dance the ball inside and out and make it go both ways and up and down. And it, this kid is just scratching the shirt. He's a baby. He's just a baby. I mean, it's, it's really exciting. But you know what happens every time I get excited about a red, young Rays pitcher? What is that? I'm not going to say it. Please, I know exactly what you're thinking. We'll just we'll leave it unsaid. All right, let's just leave it unsaid. Let's leave it unsaid. Don't bring, don't bring the bad juju to this to this great young man. Okay, don't do it. Fair enough. But that's why is it? But it sucks that that's what comes to my mind. So we'll just we'll just go right past it. We'll just you know we'll just go right past the elephant in the room, shake the trunk and say thank you very much. We'll we'll just not talk about that right now. Um, but he was fantastic yesterday. A career high six innings. Uh, against a really good Baltimore offense, um, they did what we we said they needed to do, which is get out to an early lead uh, with back-to-back home runs from Randy and Paredes, um, and go on to get the seven-to-two win. And you know this is gave up three hits, struck out eight, and didn't walk anybody. And after the game, that's what he was all about. Like I didn't walk anybody. That's you know that's where I want to be. And I'm like, yeah, uh, you couldn't be more excited about a kid and. And, and Cash even mentioned it after after the the game about his demeanor. His demeanor certainly belies his 22 year old age, absolutely. But um, it's just so calm and cool and collect. He just doesn't get rattled. He just doesn't get high, too high. Too he just he's like completely stoic out there. He's just like chill, and he's doing things that you know rookie pitchers just don't no. do. <laughs> Uh, and it's and it's fabulous to watch. Like he's one of those guys that you like to watch pitch because of the way he can control it and, and spin it. And he's what what eight starts into his pro ten, career? Ten ten start? I mean, Jimmy Christmas. And I will tell you this: two points. First and foremost, what I love about this is the Rays. You they've always been sticklers with the whole service time deal, right? right and holding right. guys off. Right. I mean, what have the Rays ever really, especially a pitcher, twenty two years old, said? You know what, kid, go get him. They got no choice. I mean, they had no choice, right? But I mean, if Let's the race not give them too many props now. I mean, <laughs> yeah, but listen, they still could have kept holding them off, and they have arms in AAA that they could have continued to bring up and gotten diminishing results from. But they said, you know what? We're going to go with Taj. To hell with the service time. We're in win now mode. Let's go right. hit the best guy on the mound. So I give Shocking them. Development. I do give them props for that, and you see the rewards there. They did the same thing with Wander Franco, which obviously was a player you're going to do it to. But he's 22 years old, and he just turned 22, by the way. He's barely 22. He's a baby, like you said. And I will say this right now. I don't know if this is a hot take. Todd Bradley is the greatest pitcher, the best pitcher the Rays have ever developed. Already. And my mm, here's it, hold up, not, hold up. At him. this point, at Traded this point, he is no. They they drafted David Price. Did they dra- no, <clears> yeah, they he was first draft. overall. Who was I thinking? Uh, uh, 
Yeah, Garza they traded for. Right? No. The only, the only let me, no-hitter let me explain. Let me explain, though, my reasoning. I mean, at this point, have you ever seen a raised pitcher that they drafted, developed, came through the system, and has been this good at this age and not had command issues or anything like that? A start where, like, the rails have fallen off? Because I think about it. I mean, David Price started. He wasn't as good. He wasn't great in his 09 season. It was 2010 that he really took off. Yeah. And obviously, he didn't even start as a, uh, as a starter. He was a bullpen guy. Closer at the, in the playoffs, obviously. But I think he was a, he was a starter through the minor leagues. Correct. Yeah, but I mean when they get to the majors. Him. Blake Snell, we recall they had to send him back down to the minors because it just wasn't working there. Yeah, and he, what, couldn't, he couldn't and what, find the strikes. And what, 2016, yeah. I want to say yeah. it is? Mm-hmm. And some other guys on that list. I have not seen a raised pitcher come up this young and be this good, this effective, and not be phased by anything. So that's why I think right now, at this very moment, he looks like the best pitcher they have ever developed. Yeah, yeah, with this Shane McClanahan. But even Shane had had go through some. I mean, legitimately, the second when they first came up, the first second they came up, I didn't look at him and I said, "Oh, he's got command issues," or "Man, he's struggling with this." Or, I don't know what this guy struggles with right now. Yeah. He's blowing guys away. He's got seventy-one strikeouts in forty-nine innings. Which, by wow. the way, if you equate wow. that to all the pitchers in the big leagues right now, he's got the second best K percentage in the entire big leagues right now. At 34.5% for starters. The second best. Second best. Yes, and fielding independent pitching, which again is one of those numbers that a lot of people point to where it evens everything out. He's first. He's first among pitchers. There's like a bunch of other numbers here that I won't bore you with. Bore me with the numbers. Nicky numbers. Give it to us. Yeah, he's first in FIP. He's first in XFIP. He's second in K percentage. You need to explain those things. Come on. You're you're Nicky numbers. We, We count on you to explain these things to us. So they're very difficult to explain. No, they're not. You do it very well. I, I, but I, but okay. But I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm not the most well versed in these things. Just give us the overview of what they mean. Fielding, fielding independent. Fielding it, it just kind of evens everything up. It is like kind of like it's closer to like a war. I'd kind of say for like a pitcher, if you kind of had to put it down to that. K percentage kind of just speaks to itself. Yeah, of course. And then even K to walk percentage, it's 27.2, which is second in the big league. That's unbelievable for a young For a 22-year-old, his crazy. K to walk percentage is second in the big leagues. That's nuts. That's nuts. That's what I'm saying. I think he's the best pitcher the Rays have developed to this point. I mean, when this guy really learns how to pitch, it's lights out. So, you know, as I said yesterday... You know, I think we need to go get a starting, you know, a starting pitcher, a quality uh, elder statesman type starting pitcher that has been in the, that has been in the postseason. Um, you never know how players are going to react to the postseason, but this guy's mental makeup and his demeanor. Let's, in fact, let's just go ahead and play this now. Let's play his post game from yesterday. And if you tell me this is a 22 year old making his 10th start in the big leagues. Um, and when you listen to the, this, this demeanor that he has, and then we'll play Cash as well, who talked a, a little bit about this. I mean, it's just, it's, it's uncanny. And you hate to get, you know, wacky, crazy, excited like you're getting. You're, you're, at, it, you're at it. But you make good points. The numbers back it up. The I mean, numbers ten, back up my eyes. Ten starts, ten starts is not three starts. Okay, right. said Mr. Obvious, Captain Obvious. Ten starts, I'm not saying it's a huge sample size, but it's a pretty damn good one. You know, to, to say, can this guy do it in this league? People in, have got tape on him now. They've adjusted to him. They understand what he's doing. Um, not to the level that they will in 10 more starts, but yeah. And he's still getting better and better and better. So here, here's Taj after yesterday's. And by the way, critical game 
first three-game losing streak, need a starter to go out there yes. and give it to you, and he steps up. All right, Tosh, you certainly went deeper into the game this time. Eight strikeouts. How did you feel today, and how good did it feel to, to go deeper into the game? Man, everything felt good. My body felt good. Pitches worked well. And just going into the sixth, I was just more happy than anything and more happy about no walks and the eight strikeouts. Did you feel like you did have a nice mix of all of your pitches today? Yeah, I saw I got, what, two strikeouts with every pitch? Mm -hmm. So that's a good mix to me. <laughs> and, like, everything just felt well. I threw everything in different counts and started off hitters off speeds and finished with the fastball and vice versa. Kevin Cash was complimenting you just on the perspective that you're able to have and the confidence that you've come in with. Have you always had that type of perspective and that type of confidence throughout your career? Or is that something you've learned this season? No, that's something I had to pick up throughout the minor leagues. Obviously, I came in not being a pitcher once I got drafted and having to go through the trials and tribulations, ups and downs. So just keeping a level head, I figured that was just the best way to get me through the minor league process. Just how motivated were you coming into the start, especially with kind of the frustration you expressed about your last outing? Uh, I don't know about motivation, man. It just go into an outing the same way every time. Like, just because it was rough last week doesn't mean that's my fire to go into this week. It's just keep the same head. But you, you can't fully control it, but were you of the mindset to try to get into the sixth today, to try to get through five? I mean, that's me every time. Go deep into the game, uh, do majority of the game, and that's pretty much it. No matter the inning, five plus, six plus, seven plus, I just want to go until the manager shakes my hand and tell I'm out the game. After the home run, which is really only your, your only bump in the road today, you retired the next 10. Is there anything that even locked into further place after that for you, after the home run? Mm -mm. That doesn't faze me at all. It's just, well, you know, one, a solo bomb isn't going to beat you, so I'm not going to be upset about that. Just get the next hitters out like I did. Oh, sorry. Oh, I was just, uh, the early runs, getting, uh, getting that fourth spot. Uh, before you went out for a second. Just how important was that to you, and did that help you relax, or do you even are you cognizant of those things as they go on? I mean, run support is always, you know, beneficial and helpful to a pitcher. You're always excited to have it. Um, so that's pretty much it. I was excited when the runs came in and, like, how they were scored, but as you go out there pitching the same way, you know, I got, even with the lead, like, learn how to pitch with a lead, something you got to learn, too. Do you consider this? I, and I think you were asked a couple starts ago what you considered your best start. Do you consider this up there, given six innings, given no walks? Yeah, this is one. Yeah, this is number one right here. Yeah. Because of no walks. Because of no walks, yeah. Not the strikeouts. Because there's no walks and went six innings, I just feel like I pitched good. There you go. There you go. You know, he's already got – he already knows the free passes are, are the thing that are going to kill you. How – I mean, there are big there are big league pictures that have been doing this for ten years that still don't get that. Right. That still nibble. That still, you know, don't trust their stuff. And this kid's like, well, no, I got good stuff. I'm throwing, I'm, here you go. You want to try to hit it? Hit it. Yeah, it's just such a confidence to him. And even jumped out there. I mean, this guy had 11 strikeouts in his last outing and struck out nine of the first nine out. All the nine of his first nine outs were all strikeouts. Yeah. And he described it as rough. Described it as Cause rough. Because I think he had, what, four walks in there? Because he had sure. some walks yeah. in there, and then he couldn't get through five innings, yeah. which was a big deal to and, him. And mostly because he walked a couple guys and gave up a couple flares. But, but here's the not thing. It's like, balls. But even when I saw that, I went, okay, well, he's 22 years old. He's not going to have everything together all to, at once. So if he's going to have some kind of deficiencies in his game, that's okay because he's 22. But that wasn't content with him. And then he comes right back out against a red-hot team right now. Three-game losing streak. The lead in the AL East in the loss column was down to two going to this one. This team has had your number. They just put up an eight spot on you the night before. The guy who's making $25 million couldn't solve them in, two, yep. in, in the first two innings of work. Mm -hmm. And the 22-year-old rookie comes out there and just blows them away. 
I, he's he's fantastic, and I, I think he's going to get on one of these runs here. Like obviously, rookie of the year, he's going to be in every bit of consideration for that. And I, I said it a few, maybe a few starts ago. He he almost has that. Like I remember, like Matt Harvey to me was like the last guy as a rookie who I remember was so electric in what 2013. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not saying Todd just to that level because Matt Harvey at that point was on like a Cy Young trajectory, mm-hmm. but he's pretty damn close. He's pretty damn close. And in five five outings, I think, so half of the outings have been eight strikeouts or more. I mean, that's fantastic. Crazy. Right? Uh, this, is a, this is a centerpiece of this team for years to come next to McClanahan. It's like not to, not to you know, rain on the Tyler Glass now or anything like that, but you're looking at the future of this team. It's, it's McClanahan and, and Todd Bradley. I, right now, Tyler Glass now, to me, is far, is far from that. Yeah, he's just, I mean, he's got the stuff. It's just, you know, the injury. And it's the age, the, the age history, the too. Age. He's going to be 30 years yeah. old. Todd is 22. Yeah, he's, he's 30 years old, and he, the only, you know, Todd, two things that Glass now has proven that he's got, he is super special stuff, and you can't count on him. You know, unfortunately, you just can't because of just who he is and what he is. And um, so that's why I said we got to go get somebody else. But now with Todd pitching the way he is and Eflin as good as he's been, I mean, is that is the starting guy your priority now? No, it's it's the higher leverage reliever. That's what they got to find. They got to they got to find a guy to pair with with Fairbanks, um, and give you a little bit of insurance in case Fairbanks gets hurt. So that's that's got to be their number one priority. Um, but do they need a bat? I don't know. Where, where are you going to fit it? Um, is Aranda? You know, you keep talking about Aranda at AAA. I haven't watched too much of what he's doing down there. He's been but, killing it lately. Yeah, he's. I mean, the guy can hit. The guy can rake. Um, we just got to find. A, a can't put him in the. Can't put him in the field. That's the thing. <laughs> I mean, this you know, pitching and defense is what this team is 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 all about. Always has been, and if you can't play at a high level defensively, it's just not the Rays' way. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll see if somebody else takes him off our hands, get something for him, whatever. If he it becomes a better defender, who knows? Uh, maybe there's a spot for him. They got to try to find him because the guy can rake, no doubt. But right now, the guys um, at the major league level are doing a pretty good job, and Randy Rosarena. He just continues to absolutely uh, dazzle me with what, what he did. And yesterday, uh, we'll pick it up in the second inning. And this is, this is his first at-bat after taking a Bautista 100-mile-an-hour fastball in the rib cage, and not even flinching, not even flinching. And you know, and he DH'd yesterday, so he's probably, it's probably why he, he DH'd. is probably a little sore, you think, in the ribs. So he was so hurt, he did this in his first half. There's a high shot deep into left. Hayes will go to the wall. That baby's gone. Home run of Rosarena. Into Randy Lane. Just right of Randy Lane. I wish it was Friday night. We would have had free cerveza there. That's right. Free cerveza. Did the guys do the show from from Randy Lane? I believe that's... Friday night, tomorrow night. Tomorrow night. I want to say is they're doing the show there from Randy Land. Chances he hits a home run into oh, Dwayne's it's, it's lap. Hap- oh, it's happening. Yeah, absolutely. it's happening because that's what he does. Just what he does. Just what he does. And, and if you're Tyler, well, don't throw 91 right over the middle of the plate. Probably <laughs> to Randy Rosarena. Yeah, don't do it. Not a good idea. <laughs> probably uh, this 14th home run of the year, leading the Rays, and and hopefully uh, heading for an All Star start. And by the way, my reverse it, it worked. I, yesterday I, I mentioned to you he's been slumping. I brought up the numbers and all that kind of stuff. Get good it job. going. Negative. Karma. I don't want you in the home run derby. Yeah, and and yeah. what does he do? He just goes and has a, a what, home run derby. Three what, hits yesterday. Three for three and single uh, double. 
Three for three in a walk. He got on base every single time. The average, just like that, the average goes up 10 points. The OPS is back over 900. He's got 50 RBIs on the season. He's leading the All-Star voting right now in the outfield next to uh, Mike Trout and Aaron Judge. Heard of him. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, there you go. He's a, he's a bona fide superstar. He's a star. Yeah. He's a bona fide global superstar. I'm not calling him a superstar. You know my rules on superstars. He's probably more popular in Mexico than he is in the United <laughs> States. Which is interesting. Potentially. Yeah. Um, but, hey, give the man his flowers, every part of it. Well, let's give another man his flowers. Because Zach. the Rays went back-to-back in the second inning, which I believe they've done on a... Five more, times? Five times That's this year, time. yeah. potentially. But here was Isak Paredes. Leading the American League. Home runs, the Rays are. It's all coming together. <laughs> There's a shot down the line toward the corner, and that ball... Courtesy of Bally Sports Sun, uh, all of our sound here today. So, yes, nicely done, uh, back-to-back, and then Todd Bradley did the rest. Siri, Siri did a nice job scoring on a, a 250-foot sack fly. Of course. Of course. Of course he did. Um, that was – I love, love the aggressiveness there. Again, when, you know, sometimes you're going to get out, um, but most times the Rays have turned this into, into positive, positive yeah. results. Yeah, to the point about Isak Paredes, I – I continue to go back to the reaction that we had and so many had about the trade with Austin Meadows and all that kind of stuff. Yes, um, that would be me, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely have a lot of, you know, my heart goes out to Austin Meadows for whatever he's dealing with, obviously. So yeah. I'm not going to – but I'm just going to point out, Austin Meadows has played in 42 games for the Tigers since that trade. Mm. And in that same time, Isak mm. Paredes has hit 33 home runs. Wow. He's almost hit as many home that. runs as the amount of games that Austin Meadows has played for the Tigers. Do you think the Rays saw – did the trade cause the mental illness he got out of his comfort zone, or did the Rays see that coming? That's an interesting uh, question. I, and nobody wants to answer it. Nobody, no, will, nobody will ask it. It's obviously. almost uncomfortable to talk about because right. you never know it, guys. Yeah, you never know. But, you know, how do you – how do you trade a guy with 106 RBIs in, 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 in the well, lineup that was... Well, I tell you what, I mean, listen, maybe we didn't see it at the time, but I've been, we've been preaching about you got to take risks. you got to make hard moves to get things done and, and kind of get your ball club playing the way you want it to play. And that was a huge risk, I thought, that move. It was. And, and look, and listen, last year, you know, you could say it cost them a lot because they never replaced the RBI. No, but Josh I slowed and step but up. They were all. They were they always. They had no offense at the end of the. They year. were. They were always thinking for the future. They I mean, third base. They definitely needed something over there because they wanted to move Yandy over to first. And mm-hmm. Isak has filled that. He's the third yeah. baseman of the now. He's the third base. He's only twenty four years old. Yeah. I mean, and I, I looked at his numbers. I mean, he's played just a tick over one hundred and sixty two games for the Rays, and in that time, thirty three home runs. 94 RBIs with a 125 OPS plus. That's pretty, I take that. <laughs> That's pretty good. I'm taking that all day. That's pretty damn good. Uh, so I, I was 100% wrong on that one. Um, but, yeah, we hope Austin gets back to Absolutely. being the player that we, we know he can be. Um, all right, so let's get to a little bit of Kevin Cash talking about his team's big 72 win as uh, they look forward to the Royals coming in. Bradley, I guess, how effective was he today? He, was, he went six for the 
for the first time and struck out eight. Yeah, pretty effective. I mean, Taj talked about being pretty motivated from bouncing back from what I thought was a pretty good outing. It just kind of snowballed right there in the fifth against Oakland, but he was so good to a very good lineup, uh, controlled the count really well, used his power uh, even there at the end. I mean, he was pumping 97. It's, it's pretty electric stuff. Um, he's a good pitcher now, and he's only going to continue getting better. The offense, obviously, speaking the bats of all day, but Randy Rosarena, a couple RBI. He now has 50 RBI on the season. What are you seeing from him that's made him so effective? Um, well, I mean, he's getting good pitches to hit, and when he gets them, um, he's picking us up in big ways. I mean, he certainly is performing like an all-star. Um, the the poise that he's showing at the plate and the, the awareness of not expanding, waiting on his pitch. And if they walk him, they walk him. He's okay with that. That's kind of been the difference maker uh, from maybe last year to this year. Going back to Taj, I mean, no walks also, which I think he'll probably say was a pretty good accomplishment from his standpoint. What yeah, I thought he walked one, but maybe... Okay. But what did you what did you see as far as pitch selection? Like what was working today for him? Uh, the, I mean, the fastball, the cutter, right. uh, dropped in a couple curveballs. Threw a couple of pretty good change-ups to Hicks. But, I mean, it's very fastball cutter-heavy right. approach to both righty and lefty. And he's just gotten sync and rhythm with both of them. And do you kind of see his confidence growing? Yeah, I mean, but to his credit, he, he has, from day one, he's kind of come up here with a lot of confidence and shown that. He's very even-keeled. Um, he, he doesn't get emotional in the moment. And talking to him after games, it's really impressive, the perspectives that he carries after every outing. You needed a, a stopper, and he became that today. Is that how you kind of project him down the down the road as, as things shake out? Yeah, I mean, I I think he's a really good pitcher, and I, I do. I think he's really going to continue to get better. I think we all think that. Uh, we're fortunate to have a guy like that, and today, yeah, we did. We were kind of we haven't played our best baseball here as of late, and we needed a good start to let the offense get rolling, and he did a tremendous job. Those early runs, picking up, uh, giving him a little support, and just. Yeah, every pitcher in baseball is going to take early runs to to let him kind of settle in, and he did that. Do you guys capitalize on some of Wells' misplays in the field in that second inning, too, after the home run? Yeah, I mean, look, Siri, I, I was impressed. He was ready to hit when he came up there. I know he swung through or foul ball. Uh, but he put the ball in play. Sometimes you just got to put enough pressure on the defense. I know he didn't square it up, but it's a lot of speed. There's a lot of chaos and panic that goes on when he puts the ball in play, and we ended up getting two after uh, the home runs from Randy and, and Isaac. Putting pressure on, also tagging up on a 260-foot fly ball. Yeah, those are tough plays in series as fast as anybody in baseball. Uh, you know, big play for Siri. Wander owes him dinner. <laughs> Another scoreless inning from from Kelly. What? is clicking for him right now. I, I think every outing he's, you know, he started out hot and then he had a couple outings that didn't come as easy. High pitch counts, a couple lefties got him. He's made some adjustments. He's really got fond of the cutter that he used and, and trusting his slider to, to the lefties. But he's pitching with a lot of confidence. He's been a big weapon for us, whether it's one inning or multi-inning. Yeah, everything went right for the Rays yesterday. Um, and now they got the Royals coming in for four games. Uh, and uh, former bench coach Matt Kataro, which we're going to talk a little bit about mm-hmm. the um, the Rays' impact on the rest of Major League Baseball. You look across the league, man. It is they're everywhere. It's it's crazy from GMs to managers. Their effect on Major League Baseball is, I, I dare say, there's not a team in the league, maybe the Astros, who have spread their way, <laughs> their DNA oh. across the. Uh, <laughs> which makes it all that incredible. Major League Baseball. Which makes it all that incredible. They've been able to hold on to Eric Neander all this time. Yeah. 
Yeah. It's crazy. And I don't – and he, for whatever reason, I don't get the feeling he wants to – now money talks. That's obviously a big deal. But yeah. yep. he, he feels like he's just a Ray guy. Like I don't want to say a lifer. Nobody's a lifer in this and business. And hopefully but. it appears, at least in the last couple of years, that the Rays are making an effort to keep people and not just you know right, letting them walk right. out the door and with a revolving well, well, door. Like just, I've been saying, I, if it's going to cost me money, bye bye, well, see you later. Like I've been saying, they have found the the right core. I think for obviously the now they can look at the way they're winning with this core at the moment and for the future because of the age of these guys. I mean, yeah. if you look up and down the roster, the ages, everybody's like sitting in that like 22 to like 28 range, it feels yeah. like. Yeah. Like the real core of this team. And if you start locking these guys up to affordable deals, you know, a la what they did to Brandon Lau, obviously it's going to be a lot more expensive I think than 24 million. The total guarantee they gave to Brandon Lau. But if they pass out a bunch of those contracts, I think it would be in their best interest or again, because of the way arbitration works, you can hold on to these guys and then sell high when they're about to be free agents. Yeah. Yeah, so I, mean, I think they're just so set up for, for long-term success right now, and hopefully they get it done this year as yeah. well. That, that, that's <clears> the thing. You, you want to have a sense of urgency about getting it done this year. And, you know, it, it's come to the point with the Rays now with four straight postseason appearances uh, at a fifth basically at, at about the 98th percentile. Mm-hmm. Five straight years into the postseason in, in this division is, especially at this yeah. payroll, it, it's, it's just ridiculous what they've been able to do on the field. It's yeah. crazy. Uh, and the money they've saved in their players, you sh- which should be able to put into a stadium and long-term success here, different conversation for a different day, and certainly should be able to retain players now because you've spent so little over the years, and you and should I, and, have and do have. And I get the sense that reserve. I get the sense too. This current group, they want to play here. Yeah, they, they do. They, they do. They seem like they really love each other. There's a great camaraderie in here, and they want to be Tampa and, Bay. And Rays. don't get it twisted. Players hate playing in the trop. They hate it. Correct. And imagine if we had a world-class stadium that was full most of the time in the downtown area. I mean, my God. Mm-hmm. You, know what they, you know what they would be? The Tampa Bay Lightning is what they would be. They would win championships and have consistent sellouts. That's what they would be. see that. No question. To me, I'm going to say no question because it's hard to do that in, in baseball. I get it. But they would be, as good as they've been on the field, they have a chance to win multiple championships because it would give them a lot more revenue, like the Braves did, um, to be able to retain players. The, you know, this, the Braves model is what you should be searching after. You know, move, your, move your stadium to where your fans are. Use that extra income that you're going to make from the premium seating to hold on to your players, add to it, and win a World Series. Yeah, that's how you do it. But right now, they haven't been able to get over the hump. And it's my opinion that a lot of it has to do with the way they spend their money mm-hmm. and, and how they run the team in that regard. Because mm-hmm. trust me, Eric Neander is not like, oh, yeah, just give me a $70 million payroll. That's all I want. No. He would love to have $140 right. average million, million dollar payroll so he could hold on to these guys and build some chemistry with uh, this team. And by the way, we had a comment here from Quentin Sommers I want to put up, which he mentions it's his birthday. Happy birthday, Quentin. Thank you for listening. He's, he's up, in Pits- Happy birthday, Quentin. Up, in, up in Pittsburgh, but listens every single day, originally oh, from awesome. Sarasota. Love to see that. That is fantastic. Uh, Happy birthday, Quentin. Shout out to you, and thank you so much for listening. Please retweet the show. Share it to all your friends up there in Pittsburgh. We love having you. Thanks, buddy. But he had a question here for us, and we kind of touched on it a little bit. Hey, guys, thoughts on Aranda coming up instead of Bruhan? Bruhan has walls the same skill set and lesser a bat. Aranda can bring the bat uh, in those days you need it. Aranda really heating up again in AAA, continuing from last year, really. Uh, yeah, his bat, to me, is, is major league ready. I don't think there's any doubt about that. I pulled up his numbers when you asked the question. Uh, 57 games this year, 10 home runs, 45 RBIs, 45 RBIs, and he's hitting three forty three. Come on. 
He had 318 last year, and now he's gotten it up to 343. The OPS is over 1,000. And I've seen him when he came up here. I know the numbers weren't great. They weren't but, great, but he but showed his, you his could see there was. The ball up. Yeah, he barrels the ball up. He's a, he's, to me, he's one of those. Like, I mean, I haven't seen it yet, but I was going to call him. He, he seems like one of those major league hitters, right? Yeah. And it just. I knew, you can spot guys like that. You could just spot guys. Yeah. It's what I'm, my him, point there him, is. You know, get him. Get him to play first base. <laughs> we pretty much make everybody play first base that can't play. Yeah, anymore. it's just it's second base. It's, we talk so much about Taylor Walls, who, by the way, is really fighting it right now. And I felt, uh, man, he hit one yesterday that was like probably a few inches left of the foul pole. It would have been a home run. And I thought he, he really needed that. And then he ended up striking out. Yeah. He, he's lacking some confidence at the plate, but he just helps you out. He eats everything up at second base. Yep. And I promise you, there's nothing more a manager hates than having a liability out in, on the field. Yeah. It's just the way it is. You want to have a vacuum, and right now, Walls and Franco, I can't name a better second-base shortstop duo from the defensive standpoint. No. no way. I don't think the Rays want to mess with that right now. So if they bring a Ronda up, the worst thing you can always have is he comes up and then he never plays. Listen, you know, it's an old adage in baseball, but this is one that certainly holds true. You want to be strong up the middle. Right. And those two guys in Syrian center field, you're strong up the middle. You're really, really strong up the middle. Yeah. And that's, you know, they just eat stuff up. And the numbers, the analytics prove it. So, yeah, and, and, and those are, you know, those, that's where the Rays really understand baseball. They, will get, they, they know that those runs saved are just as good as runs produced. And, and they, those numbers matter to them. You know, a guy like Taylor Walls who's got, what, or, and Franco's got nine or ten runs saved, that's, you know, that's seven, eight, nine, ten home runs. You can add, and if he was doing that, you'd be like, yeah. "Oh my God, he's the best player in baseball." Well, it, it run differential. That's what it means. There, there's, it there's a reason why Wander Franco leads all of Major League Baseball in WAR. Yeah, there's a reason why because his defense has just taken it to another level this year, to the point where I think he, he's likely going to win a Gold Glove there. And you add more to him being a five-tool player, right? That the Rays expect him to be. But you mean you go up and down the lineup? There's not a single liability defensively. No. In the, in the, in the, even at first base, we talked about Yandy not being a traditional first baseman and this and that. Can we just say Yandy does his job over there? I don't see too many plays where I go, oh, Yandy, what are you doing, right? Mm-hmm. He does his job. I think he's more than competent. I'd say he's probably an above average fielder at first base. Yeah. And it's a credit to him yeah. for doing a good job there. So they just don't have any liabilities. And that's the thing. You put a Ronda over there. I mean, I've, obviously, I don't sit there and watch AAA baseball too often. But everything I hear, it's like you don't want to see him out on the field. No. Is everything you kind of hear, and that scares me a little bit. Yeah, I mean, but he's twenty. He's almost. I think he's almost twenty-five years old. It's like at some point you can't just keep him down in there forever. No, hitting three fifty. No, in AAA pitching. All right, we'll take a break. Uh, remind you, go take our poll questions. Go to the JP Peterson show. I've retweeted everything, but if you're not following us on uh, Twitter at the actual show page, do that. The JP Peterson show. Uh, Take those poll questions. We'll have some fun with that. Uh, When we come back, we'll talk a little football, get into uh, some of our other poll questions. And um, what the hell's going on (laughs) with Aaron Rodgers at uh, the keynote speaker at the psychedelic convention? We got that and lots more fun when we come back. Stay with us. Hey, guys. 
guys, are you experiencing those feelings of getting older, lower sex drive, fatigue, hot flashes, moodiness, or you just don't feel like you had the vitality you once had? It's a chronic problem here in the United States. You're not just getting old. It's likely low testosterone. Studies over the last 20 years show a shocking decline in younger males aged 16 to 39. Older men have seen a sharp decline as well. So do something about it. Go see my friend Christopher Lugo at Bay Area Modern Medicine. Look, testosterone replacement is not a frivolous treatment. It takes a professional targeted approach that focuses on total body wellness, vitality, and emotional stability. Not a one-size-fits-all approach like many clinics use. They will monitor your blood work and adjust your treatment as needed for optimal results. Folks, I've been on testosterone therapy for over six years, and it is a life changer. You will feel and look better than you did 10 years ago. Give them a call at 844-977-3477 or go to BAMMC.com. Tell them JP sent you for priority scheduling. That's 844-977-3477 or BAMMC.com. JP here for the Jeeves Law Group. Have you been injured in an accident, in an auto accident, truck accident, motorcycle accident, at work or at a place of business? Well, call the Jeeves Law Group and get the personal attention that you deserve. I made the mistake many, many years ago with going with one of the bigger law firms, the national law firms. And let me tell you, getting a call back from those folks was next to impossible. Weeks and weeks would go by never get a call back. That doesn't happen with the Jeeves Law Group. Personal attention is what they're all about. When you call the Jeeves Law Group, you will be part of the family. They will represent you in a vigorous and aggressive way against the insurance companies. These larger companies will promise bigger settlements, but it's the Jeeves Law Group that will get you the best results. If you're tired of dealing with these bigger law firms, check out the Jeeves Law Group. Go to JeevesLawGroup.com, tell them JP sent you, get a free consultation. It's the Jeeves Law Group. Scott Jeeves has been representing clients in the Tampa Bay area for over 25 years. Give them a call. It's a free call. 727-894-2929. 727-894-2929. Or go to JeevesLawGroup.com. During COVID, over 1.7 million people were added to the Florida Medicaid rolls, but as of April 1st, 2023, most of these people may not be eligible for the Medicaid coverage and will lose their health plan. If you have been notified you are losing your coverage, don't freak out. It's very likely you can apply for a federal subsidy under the Affordable Care Act. Just call 877-652-0244. Our representatives will walk you through the whole process, get some basic information on your income, number of kids, and then they'll find a plan that best fits your needs. In fact, with the new laws, 90% of Americans qualify for reduced or free health care. You can select great plans like Florida Blue, that's my carrier, love them, paying $800 left after making the call. 877-652-0244. Our highly trained professionals know all the intricacies of the new laws. They will do all the work. You save tons of money. So if you're being dropped from Medicaid, fear not. Call 877-652-0244. Get real health insurance, free doctor visits, free blood work, no deductibles. 877-652-0244. Hey, JP here for Extravaganza Productions Incorporated, EPI. You've probably seen their purple logo at so many events that you've gone to. They are based in Tampa, and for over 33 years, they've been creating and producing conferences, meetings, and special events, the biggest to the smallest, solid reputation of delivering the best audiovisual, sound, lighting, entertainment, video production, and decor 
on time and on budget. I've worked with them with so many big events. The Warrior Games, which was an Olympic-style event all over uh, Tampa Bay, from McDill to the Convention Center to USF. They did it flawlessly, made it look big and fantastic. I've worked with them on small events as well, uh, large and small meetings and conferences, sporting events, fundraisers. If you got a fundraiser, you don't know the logistical way to pull it off, they'll take care of everything. Entertainment events, branding events, grand openings, so much more. The folks at Extravaganza Productions are the most professional and the best. I've worked with them many times. They are fantastic. You can contact them through extravaganzaproductions.com or call 813-621-4700. Extravaganza Productions. They are awesome. Coming back at you. Now, more with JP on Fan Stream Sports. It's only just begun. All right, welcome back to the JP Peterson Show, brought to you by the G's Law Group, J-E-E-P-E-S-Law-Group.com. If you have any issues, legal issues at all, I've heard Scott Jeeves on our show many times, very approachable. They'd be happy to take your phone call and uh, chat with you free about uh, whatever's going on in your life that you may need legal representation for. Whatever it is, they will give you the best and most aggressive legal representation. So if you've been involved in an accident especially or totaled your car um, or involved in a class action lawsuit or need some information on one or some advice, that's definitely the place to go. JeevesLawGroup.com. Go to their website. Tell them JP sent you. And uh, just give them a call over there. Um, all right, so here's a here's a funny kind of story. And we uh, we had Jake Plummer on out at the Super Bowl, what, two Super Bowls ago. And Jake has a company of his own, the former quarterback, where they grow mushrooms and sell them in, in microdosing packages, which I guess is medicinal and is legal and all that stuff. Um, and so this is something that Aaron Rodgers got into after they won this after he won the Super Bowl in 2011 it's like you know what's next after that I needed to expand my mind and expand uh, other opportunities which I, I know a lot of people like to you know throw shade at, at Rogers for a lot of his opinions there he's very different obviously he was anti-vax and some of you people think that's crazy but um, I think obviously given the data that's out there right now he was right on the money with that um, and and don't kid yourself most of the most of the nfl players had fake cards they didn't take that vaccine um here's what he said about uh, doing psychedelics he said i've been fortunate enough in the last few years to be able to sit in ceremony with my teammates in ceremony <laughs> i'm telling you it's radically life-changing and it's wild to be in a locker room and look over and just know like i've been in the maluka an indigenous south american dwelling with you guy it's pretty special, changes the dynamic for sure. And in this process, like I said, there's been hundreds of NFL guys who have reached out. Now what, Rodgers asked himself after winning Super Bowl 30, 45, whatever. Yeah. Rodgers spoke to media figure Aubrey Marcus during his appearance on Wednesday. The commentary checked out for two dudes heavily invested in healing gurus and buying crystals. Rodgers was invited as a feature speaker at this psychedelic event. Advocates for psychedelics championed the four-time NFL MVP's appearance at the conference, stating it would destigmatize using psilocybin and other psychedelic agents to improve mental health. Rogers added, quote, when I first did Aya, which I guess is the Ayahuasca, Ayahuasca, in 2020, I remember thinking afterwards, like, I'm going to have to talk about this at some point. Are people ready? How will it be received? Then I won MVP. Then I did it again. I said, okay, I can probably talk about it now. But the cool thing has been the response, not from the media that calls me a druggie or hippie or whatever. It was 
um, to see basketball players and baseball players and surfers and entertainers and my own teammates and colleagues across the league reach out and either share their story about their own medicine journey or ask to be part of an upcoming one is pretty special. Um, now, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of people that rip him for this. I'm not going to be one of those people. I think it's very interesting. I am all down for it. I want to do it. I want to see what it does to me, how it expands my mind, and and see where it goes. What do you think? Is, is this – I mean, I, I think that this is going to get uh, – I, I don't know what kind of reaction it's going to get. I think it's because this is going to be probably the most – this is probably the most he's ever talked about this and been out front with this. And you – I mean, can you argue with the results? I'm not going to rip him or anything, okay. right? Okay. Because I'm an advocate for everybody being their own person and doing your, doing your thing, living your life, whatever. It's just I personally – this is now my personal opinion coming into this, which I think I can have on the topic. Of course. That's why I'm asking you. I think he's weird. I think he's an oddball. Okay. It almost feels like he was in a midlife crisis the last five you, <laughs> last few five years here. Him growing the hair out and the weird thing that was going on behind over here. I don't know what that was. The the beard just looking really grungy. I don't know. He just looked like he was going through like a typical midlife crisis and on the football field like the last at least this past year it wasn't great and all that kind of stuff. No. Listen, my, my issues with Aaron Rodgers are not lying in this, typically. It's the way he conducted himself kind of towards his Green Bay tenure. That, to me, it got on my nerves a little bit. Yeah. Specifically last year when you didn't show up to camp with all your young receivers. Yeah. And you didn't get that work in. Yeah. Like, again, it, my point with well, that is it's because I feel like he, he's been in the same era of the Tom Brady's and the Drew Brees and the Peyton Manning's. Like, those, to me, are the, are the big four of this century. When yeah. it comes to quarterbacks. And I couldn't imagine the other three, if they were faced with a reality where they were going to be with a bunch of young receivers, where they would go, mm, yeah, it doesn't work for me, brother. I'm going to skip training camp and we'll figure it out on the fly. Can't imagine those three other guys doing that. You? No. No way. But he did it anyway. Mm-hmm. And then remember week one when he's, he can't hit Christian Watson and he can't hit Dubes and all those guys, and all of a sudden he's like raising his hands in the air, what's going on, guys are not developing, he's vocal about it. Well, Rodgers, you know, you could have fixed that a little bit by some practice. So hard, that, to, hard to argue that. But now when he's in New York, you know, obviously everything's changed, and like the, the day he got traded there and announced, he's right out there on the practice field, and he loves Garrett Wilson and all these other guys that they have over there in New York. He, so he's, he's at every voluntary OTA. Exactly. So it's like OTA. He, he seems like right now everything he's, he should have done in, in Green Bay, he's he's doing in New York. Yeah, he he seems like he's the old Aaron. The old Aaron Rodgers feels like he's back. From a, from that aspect, when I mean the old Aaron Rodgers, I mean listen, the guy still won two back to back MVPs in twenty 2020 twenty and twenty twenty one. We're not too far removed from that. I still think he has a lot of good football left in him. Maybe at an elite level, we'll see. Obviously, but yes, all this other stuff though that he talks about, I find it very just oddballish. That's just me. That's his life. Um, the darkness retreat, exactly. The darkness retreat. I think the darkness retreat was my 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 cutoff point. I was like, you have to go sit. In a little hut, pitch black. You get meals delivered through you through like a little opening in this thing. 
you, you shit with your, with your in the pitch black. Like you don't know where it's going. Are you wiping? What are you using? Are you using leaves? Like, I mean, those I are the things with the those time. are the thing with Rogers that I'm just like, why? I I I'm so. But you seem fasc- to like it. I'm so fascinated by it because I I understand, you know, that we use about ten percent of our brain, and I think there's so much more there. And you know, I've, I've, I have I have no trouble saying this, you know, and I know the boss is going to hear it. But yes, I've I've experimented with some some you know things that are called drugs, but you know, not nothing more than marijuana, but different types. And to say it, it expands your mind is, I mean, obvious. And listen, my my it's obvious and it's it's dramatic. At my times. my seventy six year old grandmother has medicinal. There you okay, go. and I, but there's not a day that I watch it and go, "That's not right." It is, but it, <laughs> but, but it is, but, it, but, but it's it, where we are now. But it's so funny because there's stigma attached to these things because of, you know, some, you know, back in the 40s and 50s, somebody decided that, you know, what alcohol is going to be the okay drug because we can regulate it and make lots of money well, on it, and we're going to we're going to demonize marijuana as a gateway drug and all these other drugs. And listen, there are issues with there. First of all. As 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 the lovely Ashley said the other day to me, you put fifty guys in a room with a bunch of weed, um, as opposed to fifty guys in a room with with all the alcohol. The alcohol room's coming out with some dead people. The the, the weed room. Oh yeah, everybody's Listen, just going to be asleep. I, I don't I don't have any problem with it. And, I just so, I've always associated it with one of those like young people's things. Right, you know, and, and, and psychedelics. You know, quote mushrooms or psychedelics. It's like, oh my god, that's just for real, real druggies. And and personally, that was my perception for a long long time like well, i would never do shrooms. So like, this, i don't want to do any psychedelics does this make i want to be in control of myself but the way that they're you know way jake Plummer expect like after I, we did like 25 minutes with jake Plummer talking about is this it at the super bowl we should replay that interview well, i was gonna say real quick and i don't know the i don't know the whole story maybe you would know more because you were around for that time is aaron Rodgers almost like the ricky williams of today is that yeah, fair? Like, was yeah. Ricky on anything hard? I don't believe no, he was. He, just, he was just, you know, he just said I. Sm- he, he said he s- smoked a lot. Like that's what I'm saying. Like, if Ricky Williams played in the modern era right now, would things be a lot different? The reaction to Ricky and all those things. Yeah, I think it would be a lot different because that derailed his career yeah. pretty quickly. Yeah, I mean, it's now legal, obviously, in a lot of different places. Uh, and then you you talk about you know, and now we start to reveal what what's going on with big pharma. And you're like, oh, my God. And then the opiates and how they've hooked people on opiates knowing damn well that they were, that they were uh, uh, an addicting drug and a fast addicting drug. And, you, and, and, you're, and it's like, oh, it's okay if it's a pharmaceutical company doing it. But if it's some you know, illicit guy in the alleyway selling mushrooms, that's a bad thing. Obviously, that's not regulated. And, 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 but with these new... Um, psychedelics, it is now regulated. It's microdosed. There's a lot of, uh, of uh, research that's gone into it, and it's much safer than it was, and you can control it in smaller doses. Yeah, I'm, I'm very interested in it. And I would, you know, the some of the, now the Ayahuasca and some of these other really big time psychedelics. If I have to leave the country to go get it, and well, be in my little Cancun or whatever. I, you know, I used to think that way too, but now l- look at what's going on in our health system. <laughs> Are you kidding me? The guys that run our health system all, and what they've been doing? It's all bad. It's all yeah, bad. Yeah, definitely got to go to another country to get real. I mean, look what's going on with stem cells. Stem cells are, are you, we have to go out. We talk to, to Chris Lugo about it all the time. You got to go out of the country now 
to get stem cell stuff. That in the reason it's not because it works and it's going to put big pharma and orthopedics and a lot of other people out of business because stem cells work. So what does our FDA do? Ban it. Ban it right away because we got to protect, protect all of our sacred cows. So, you know, whatever's going on in our health system is, is, an, is an absolute disaster. I mean, just murdering people. And this is big pharma. This is what they've been doing for a long time. So the stigma that, oh, big pharma's okay, and they've got your back, and, you know, this, all this stuff is tested, and, 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 but if you go take a psychedelic, oh, you're weird. You're weird. That's dangerous. You don't know. I think, I think it's great that someone like Aaron Rodgers and other people that are very successful in their fields are now talking about this and doing this and i think it's i think it's interesting i really do maybe i'm crazy what, what are the what are the comments i mean say? i mean god bless he continues to to give us content yeah I mean, that's I mean, just a good thing more than anything we love that right <laughs> Thank Tom, you, thomas Rogers. casper said have a pot brownie first before a microdose. it's not for everyone and rogers is a pending train wreck he's <laughs> a pending train wreck. you think you think like I, I like I I did not like Aaron Rodgers four or five years ago. I thought you know I looked at him as at his, his leadership style, and I thought it was very. Um, I didn't think he was a very good leader. I, I didn't think guys really connected with him, um, and I think that's changing now. Certainly in New York, his Jets teammates, I think his Packers teammates as well loved him. Um, I just don't know. You know he's not. He's certainly not Brady esque. He's not everybody. He's just not everybody's cup of tea. No. And I always questioned. Like I know he plays in Green Bay, and it's hard to get free agents. But I always wondered why they could never attract anybody over there while he was there. Well, a lot of it had to do with Green. Bay. I understand, but don't you really want to play? I mean, it's Aaron Rodgers. Mm. I feel like I feel like if Brady was playing in Green Bay, it would have been completely different. What do you mean? If Tom Brady played in Green Bay, I think. The long list of players that lined up to play for him his entire career would have continued. Been the same. I think it would have been near the same. Truly believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Brady, we're because we're rocking with Tom. Yeah, Brady's a different animal. But he's I mean, again, he's in his different tier. Yeah. So yeah, I, I I think probably, but you know, every receiver wants to play with Aaron Rodgers. I mean, they, receivers just want to get the ball. Well, right? well, hold up. They talk about it, but I don't see any action. I don't well, see any action. That was Odell Beckham Jr. not a not a not a Jet. Why was he never? I mean, there were so many different things. He'd already been to New York, and I think the Jets figured out that that was. I mean, come on, the Ravens ridiculously overpaid for him. Uh, Yeah, that's true. Come on, I would have not given them that money. No, no, it's ridiculous what they gave him, and it's gonna. I I I don't think that's you know gonna be worth the money. But could have taken less to play with Rodgers. True. True, but look, look who he surrounded himself with. This is the one thing I don't understand with him, actually, with, with, with the Jets. The one thing, it's like he's surrounding himself again with his, with his Packer familiarity. And I understand that's not a new thing in the NFL. But, like, the, the Randall Cobb signing just did it for me. It's like this guy's going to travel with him forever, and you're going to keep giving him meaningful snaps. The guy's cooked. He's cooked. There's nothing else you could do with if Randall Cobb. If you're taking away targets to Garrett Wilson because of Randall Cobb. Oh, my goodness, man. You can't throw it to him every play. Well, maybe you can. Um, but, yeah. So, I, I don't know. I think, it, I think it's fascinating. I'm, I'm all about it. And I think I'll go to the psychedelic uh, uh, trip. You're going to make the psychedelic conference in Denver? I, get, I want to get Aaron on the can show they go, Can they go somewhere else, by the way? Why do they got to go to Denver? It's the most cliche it's thing. It, exactly. It's the, the most Mecca. cliche thing. Can we just go somewhere else? Like go to Sioux Falls or something like that. I don't know. 
They may be not as or Bangkok. Falls. <laughs> They're probably not as welcoming. There. Oh, you don't think it's Portland, out in the middle of the plains? Portland or uh, you know Seattle would be probably you know anywhere in you know Northern California. I'm sure would be home. Or, would we be accepting? Would I? Would, no. Would Would the state be accepting? Florida? Yeah, of course. Why would they? Why would they not? Oh God! Don't tell me you're on the Tampa Bay Times. Uh, misinformation trip on Ron DeSantis. I, I didn't God say anything. I didn't say anything. Mike Freeman's column today. Oh my! I God. didn't say anything. Oh my God! Did you read that? I'm just ask a question. Everything has to be about. Race. No, I don't read. I don't Everything. read. I don't read those news. Good God, man! You can't even say baseball's a thinking man sport without this guy going off on what. And a here I and here is. I thought we could make it through the show oh without you bringing God. up this it's article. Disgusting. If you want to go read it, go read the most ridiculous thing ever. Um, yeah, it, it's crazy. No, just stop it with that. Stop, stop it with that. No, this this is a very welcoming state. Oh, you went to the. <laughs> you can't do that to me. I'm the host of the show. We we need a break. We need a break. <laughs> yeah, All right, the break brought, the break don't care where you're at. We're your, brought your to you spiel. by the open-minded people at Bay Area Modern Medical Center. Chris Luca will join us tomorrow, and we'll talk about psychedelics and how they could help people in, uh, instead of taking. Loads and loads of Oxycontin. Uh, that's real good for you. Um, <laughs> that's safe for you. All right, we'll talk about some other stuff when we come back. Um, what are we getting into? Oh, we're getting into the, the NBA draft. The WN, the Win, WinBA, is that what we're calling it now? The, uh, the game will change forever with tonight's draft. We'll talk about that when we come back. All right, this is for all you guys who don't want to go to the gym and do 5,000 crunches. At Bay Area Modern Medical Center, you can get on the new True Body Machine where you can reduce fat and tone up your muscle. It's like doing 54,000 crunches in just 15 minutes. Define your body as you see fit. True Body offers personalized muscle stimulation that delivers the equivalent of those 54,000 crunches in just 15 minutes. Just Get in touch with them at Bay Area Modern Medical Center, BAMMC.com. Chris Lugo and the team over there will set you up on True Body and get amazing results. Non-invasive with comfortable and little to no pain and zero downtime. You can isolate and target those areas that you want to improve and treat multiple areas simultaneously. It's an amazing machine, so check it out at Bay Area Modern Medical Center, BAMMC.com. Well, Fitz the Mortgage Guy did it again. A listener heard his ad was going to another big bank but called Scott Fitzgerald at American Mortgage Services of Tampa and Fitz saved him $618 on his monthly payment. Are you kidding me? Folks, that's big money. Rates are going up. They're going down. They're going all over the place. Scott will shop your loan and save you lender fees and get the best rates. Email him, scott at amstampa.com or call 813-294-7595. That's Fitz the Mortgage Guy. Lots of stuff going on right now and these rates are going all over the place. You need somebody knowledgeable in the market that will work hard for you and get you the best deal. That's my man Scott. He's done three loans for me, done thousands of loans for local folks here, works with a lot of the coaches and players in the area. He's the guy. 813-294-7595 or go to scott at amstampa.com. Insurance coverage can be confusing and expensive. I mean, where do you start? Which companies can you count on to pay out fast and fair? 
Well, call the great folks at Italiano Insurance. It's a family-owned business. Jeff and Nat Italiano are carrying on the 60-year-plus tradition of giving amazing customer service and giving back to the community through their annual backpack drive for needy students and their support of the local pediatric cancer patients. But it's the customer service that sets them apart. They can shop all your insurance needs and save you big-time money. Don't hop on the internet and waste time looking at some bogus reviews. Talk to knowledgeable agents and not some voice-generated robot. These are confusing times for homeowners, and Italiano's team of experienced professionals can provide the right coverage for every situation, home, auto, business, life. It's Italiano for all the pieces of your life. Call 813-877-7799 or go to italianoinsurance.com. During COVID, over 1.7 million people were added to the Florida Medicaid rolls, but as of April 1st, 2023, most of these people may not be eligible for the Medicaid coverage and will lose their health plan. If you have been notified you are losing your coverage, don't freak out. It's very likely you can apply for a federal subsidy under the Affordable Care Act. Just call 877-652-0244. Our representatives will walk you through the whole process, get some basic information on your income, number of kids, and then they'll find a plan that best fits your needs. In fact, with the new laws, 90% of Americans qualify for reduced or free health care. You can select great plans like Florida Blue, that's my carrier, love them, paying $800 left after making the call. 877-652-0244. Our highly trained professionals know all the intricacies of the new laws. They will do all the work, you save tons of money. So if you're being dropped from Medicaid, fear not. Call 877-652-0244. Get real health insurance, free doctor visits, free blood work, no deductibles. 877-652-0244. Hey, JP here for Extravaganza Productions Incorporated. EPI, you've probably seen their purple logo at so many events that you've gone to. They are based in Tampa. And for over 33 years, they've been creating and producing conferences, meetings, and special events. The biggest to the smallest, solid reputation of delivering the best audiovisual, sound, lighting, entertainment, video production, and decor on time and on budget. I've worked with them with so many big events. The Warrior Games, which was an Olympic-style event all over uh, Tampa Bay, from McDill to the Convention Center to USF. They did it flawlessly, made it look big and fantastic. I've worked with them on small events as well, uh, large and small meetings and conferences, sporting events, fundraisers. If you got a fundraiser, you don't know the logistical way to pull it off, they'll take care of everything. Entertainment events, branding events, grand openings, so much more. The folks at Extravaganza Productions are the most professional and the best. I've worked with them many times. They are fantastic. You can contact them through extravaganzaproductions.com or call 813-621-4700. Extravaganza Productions. They are awesome. Let's go. Right now. Back to the show with JP on FanStream Sports. All right, welcome back to the second hour of the JP Peterson Show, brought to you by the great folks at the Golden Diamond Source. If you're looking to get engaged, you know there's no better place than the Golden Diamond Source. My man Nick went over there, had a great experience. They will take you under your under your wing like your family. Uh, just give them a budget. They're not going to try to push you into something that you cannot afford, but they will find you the best ring, the biggest ring, if that's what you're looking for, for the best value. And remember, you can always bring it back and get full value for it and upgrade to a bigger ring. So if you're just starting out, it's a great choice. If you're looking for you know a big, expensive ring, of course, they've got the best selection. You can design something there. 
Everything you need is at the gold and diamond source. And if you have any old jewelry laying around that you want to sell for, you know, for gold or whatever, they can do that to you. They'll give you the best price. So head on over there, 3800 Alberton Road, always online at thegoldanddiamondsource.com. All right, um, we're going to see a lot of bling tonight as the NBA draft happens. Um, very interesting, I think. Um, and you mentioned this, Orlando. Orlando, the Orlando Magic, Magic who are kind of on the come a little bit. Ben Carroll uh-huh. winning, the, winning the uh, Rookie of the Year award, so they finally got a draft pick correct last year. Whoa, hold finally. up, hold up, Franz Wagner, finally. throw him in there. Come on now. Okay, all right, we'll throw him in there. Um, interesting prospects in this one at, at six and eleven. Um, where, where could they be going? Well, I what wish they. they, could they well, be first going? off, I wish they would trade one of them because the Magic are the youngest team in the league. Right. They got enough young guys. I'd like to see them trade one of those picks for some veterans, please, so they can take that. Because no team that young does anything in the league. True. They just don't. They can be on the come all they want. Right. You'll be waiting a while. So I'd like to see them trade one. You want Chris Paul? <clears throat> no. Uh, no. <laughs> A experienced Hard point guard to teach these young kids how to play. How I don't need a point guard. I got a I got a log jam. Who do you? Markel Fultz, Cole Anthony, yeah, Jalen Suggs. I got a I got a hodgepodge of point guards already in Orlando. I don't need the thirty seven year old. What do you need? You need a big man. You need a wing. What do you need? Where where could this well, experienced I, I just, player come from? I just I just mentioned the guards to you there. Yeah. You got Bancaro, yeah. Franz, Window Carter. We traded Mo Bamba. Finally, I'm not a big bull bull guy. I think we could use a big guy. What about Bam? I hear you know the Heat may be looking to uh, the Heat and the Magic are not making a deal. You sure? I'm, per- I'm pretty sure that ain't going to happen. I don't think. I, I don't think that. I think regionalism matters here. Yeah, I don't think that's what the. I don't think that's what the Heat would want. Is these more young guys? Where's Orlando going at six? I'm praying they go for this Taylor Hendricks, but I'm again I'm a little biased bias here because he went to UCF. Right. And he was one of these freshman phenoms that was really, really good. He got robbed of the AAC Player of the Year, by the way. He came in, like, second in the voting. But he's a projected top ten pick. Six is probably maybe a tiny little reach with some of the other guys around. But, hey. But 11 is. 11 would. Oh, if he fell to 11, that'd be perfect, obviously. But, again, I'd trade 11, and i keep six. And I like Hendricks. He's, a, he's one of those wing kind of type players. And I like the connection there. Let's get a UCF player in Orlando. It's perfect. Okay, yeah, that's I mean, me. It would be great. For, it would be great for for business. That's sure. But is he the right player? No, I don't know if he's the right player. I just like the I like the connection. I like the connection. You, you want? Well, jump on here. Uh, intern Nick, Mister UCF, another UCFer. Look, Where do all you knights come from? For God's sakes, uh, we're everywhere. You yes, surrounded yourself I with did. us. Yeah, you surrounded the yourself hell was with I us. Thinking? Look, I don't care, man. It's a fan service pick, but who cares? I want to see it. I want to see that man in Orlando. Like I'm doing a watch party with. The UCF website I write for, uh, I, I swear, if he gets drafted, I'm gonna like scare everyone else on the stream. I got like, <laughs> I'm just gonna have people throw sh- like confetti on me or something. I don't know. Well, listen, listen, something if they, crazy. If, if, if if is Orlando gonna go bonkers? The entire city gonna go bonkers if this happens? I mean, is there pressure by the Magic to draft him? No, there's no, not. No. no. When it comes to pressure for the Magic, the only pressure that I think there is, is just get someone who can help them win. Like in my mind, they're fi- they're close to finally breaking through. They just need that like one player who can finally take them over the over the hump. So right now, I don't think there's pressure, but this, the moment that the season starts, that's when I think pressure is going to hit for whoever they draft. Okay, all right. Yeah. Now, now, Win Win Bayama, you don't like him. 
it's did you see not, him throw out the first pitch the other day? I did. Did you see the Did you see the baseball in his hand? I did. I, I went. Like I, went, I, went I went Google Gaga for it. That's crazy. Couldn't help. I just yeah. couldn't help but go Google Gaga. That's that's not see that. Uh, I didn't care actually. Right. Um, <clears throat> no, it's not that I don't like Victor One Banyama. I I just hate this culture that we've allowed and these narratives that we've allowed to escape through with Victor One Banyama, calling him generational. And there's never been this much hype around something. Please. Well, that's, that's please, 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 please. That's crazy. No. Let's go back to Zion. Let's, let's, let's forget it. He, exactly. Like, everybody's like, oh, he's the most hyped up prospect well, since Zion LeBron. Was gonna, he, Zion he was, was going to win even a championship hi- his first year. He was the generational player. In, but it's my opinion. No, as we're honest what you thought about Zion, Zion, to me, had more hype going in than Victor Wembanyama. That's my opinion on that. No, a lot of that is because he's a American player. We saw him at Duke. Right. I think, I think maybe that's Big part brand, of it. Yeah. He's over in France. Freakish athlete. <clears throat> Right, he's over in France. Like if Luca had played in America and college and all that, he probably would have gone first overall in 2018. Let's be honest on that one. Yeah. But just to call him the most generational prospect we've ever seen, and he's such a sure thing, and there's no holes, and this and that. Like, I'm just not buying it. I'm not buying it. Well, first and foremost, he's got to get stronger. And this and is my says, problem. He says, "I don't need to." Exactly. Need to get Yesterday, he goes on one of those big shows. It might have been Good Morning America. I can't remember. And he, he was asked about that, and he's like, why do I need to get bulkier? Everybody else needs to get skinnier or whatever. It's like, no, you're going to get eaten up more than you think. Mm-hmm. Okay, I had yeah. a lot of respect the fact that he's played in Europe with, big, with, with grown men and all that kind of stuff, and they come in, those guys typically come in, and they, they adapt better to the league. I get that. I'm, is he going to be an all-star? Yeah, I think he's going to be an all-star. Sure. But I'm, I'm just not a fan in general of labeling someone transcendent when they are 19 years old and they're – Seven two two hundred and fifteen pounds or whatever it is. Like mm-hmm. you've got to fill out a little bit. And I'm one of those guys. Typically, like I seven love, five <clears throat> by the way. And I think that's see, seven five. And I think he's got an eight foot wingspan. And I think that's almost too big. What? I do. I love size. Everybody falls in love with size, but sometimes I feel like when you get over the seven foot hump. <laughs> And the more you go up, I well, think you're playing that, with fire. Not when you're that I think agile. You're, what do you mean in terms his, of injury? His legs are so skinny. Yeah. Like, the, the seven-footers that I think of in the NBA right now, Jokic. That guy's huge. He bullies everybody, right? Even Embiid, he's filled out. Dirk, he was filled out. Yeah. H- Hakeem was like 260 pounds. Oh, he yeah. was, he's, those were he's different Shaq, yeah, David yeah, Robin. But yeah. these are the guys you keep comparing him to. He's not those he's, guys, and he's he doesn't. Dist- way more, he's way more skilled, and he doesn't. Than, than those guys. But he doesn't distribute or anything like that. Like his career high in assists for a season was two point five, which yeah. was his bad. He doesn't distribute, so he's not like a Jokic type guy. I just eh, he's not going to be able to get these shots off like he like he, in the NBA, in my opinion. Like he got off in your. I'm just not buying at the whole seven five. Nobody I'm blocking. Not, I'm just Who's not blocking buying, his shot at seven five. I'm not when he holds buying, it up over his head. I'm not buying transcendent. You give me he's an all star. That's fine. But transcendent. Let's eat. Let's pump the brakes here. When I looked at LeBron, even when I, even though I was four years old, but I go back and look at it. Yeah, I could tell you that guy looks generational. That jumped off the page to me. He ain't that. He ain't that. So let's let's pump the brakes a little bit. It wouldn't surprise me. Here's your hot take of the day. It wouldn't surprise me if the guy who's going number two tonight, Brandon Miller, ends up being a better player. What about Scoot? I need to see more. I see. Admittedly, Scoot played in what the Ignite League, so I don't have as much to go off of with him. But it seems like he's probably going to be the third overall pick. But I watched a lot of Alabama basketball this year. They were the best team during the regular season, at least. And I came away very impressed with Brandon Miller and also the way that he. You know, handled the whole situation in Alabama, all that kind of stuff that went on. I think he's your typical wing-type player 
that you plug in. He's got enough size. He can shoot. He can take it to the rim. To me, that's where the best players still well, in the league are. Yeah, the, those are the guys that are driving the league. There's no question about that. My opinion. That. Yeah, no, I, I, I like what you're saying. And the fact that he's going to San Antonio, I think Popovich has kind of lost his magic, to be quite honest. I, 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 I don't know if, he, if that's the place where he needs to go. Well, Popovich has Popovich has the advantage that he's he's been there for for David Robinson. He's been there for Tim Duncan, yeah. and now one and Wimbenyama. So it's almost like a, I think it's a good fit actually for the fact that he uh, he's he's kind of coached a similar player like that that's coming with all that draft type. So I I kind of like that. I, Popovich doesn't have anything to work with right now, quite frankly. Yeah, there's not a lot there. There's not a lot there. It's very barren. Mm. I'm pretty sure. Reason like, for that. Nobody I'm pretty wants sure to play I've for him. Uh, seen. Play- that uh, they're actually bringing in Tim Duncan to try to train. Uh, I'm not. I can't pronounce his last name. I'll just call him Wim Victor. Wimbayana. Yeah. They. They're so like. I mean, they are taking him seriously. So like, I mean, you can say he lost his touch, but I still think they got a shot at developing him. Well, they need to make Tim Duncan the head coach um, and, and get rid of old, old head Popovich. His his act is worn thin. Pop can do whatever he wants. Yeah, no, he can. Yeah, he's gotten. If, you're, if you want, he's if you want that, to be successful. Um, Make Tim Duncan. He's NBA coach. Bill Belichick at this point. He's Tim been around forever, and he's won won I, so much. I got to cover Tim Duncan for two years at Wake Forest, and I can tell you, and probably interviewed him forty five times during that that era, and I can tell you that's one of the smartest human beings I've ever met in my life. The most has an incredible emotional know. IQ, uh, understands the game, understands human beings, understands motivation. He's just really one of the smartest people I've ever met in my life, and and I would I would. Putting him in charge of mentoring him um, is is an a very stroke smart of genius for the San Antonio Spurs. I would keep Tim Duncan close and keep Popovich as far away as possible. <laughs> I will say that if he can help develop him into a really good player, then that should go on his resume and probably is a sign that he should be a head coach. Yeah. So, like, so, this is a test for him in my. I opinion. don't know. If, I don't know if Duncan wants to be a head coach. So you want? Honest. Hold on. He was I, an assistant coach for a while, and I think he actually served as an acting head coach for a game because Pop was away with uh, he did. Some, something. But he you did. you want you want the the generational prospect to stay as far away from the the greatest head coach maybe in NBA history. The greatest head coach. Oh my God. Phil Jackson. Yeah, we're talking about Phil Jackson. Okay, well, it's one of those two. Throw Pat Riley in there, I guess. It's one of those three. Yeah, how many how many championships does Pop win if he doesn't get handed Tim Duncan? Yeah, David Robinson for a while, didn't he? And they didn't win anything until uh, well, no, they got well, lucky. Well, well, and Robinson got hurt, and then he got the well, Twin Towers. Well, 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 how many how many championships does does Phil Jackson win when he when he's <laughs> when he walks into Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen, and then he gets Shaq and Kobe? Come on, well, come on, don't give me well, that. Interesting, give me that there, argument. None of those players won a championship. Without without Phil, except for Shaq that one year, and even then he wasn't the best player. Dwayne Wade was. But coaching in the NBA, when the talent gets barren, you, you just You're suck. not that good. The, <laughs> the, the <laughs> Lakers, the Lakers from like 2005 to like 2007 were awful, and they just didn't have much talent around Kobe. That's how it works. Yeah, Mr. Phil Jackson. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> uh, just not a speaking not, of not a fan of pop. You, you brought him up earlier. This is might be fun. Uh, Brandon Miller. Did you guys see the interview he gave when someone asked him who do you think is the and he said Paul George over LeBron. And, I uh, did. I did see that, and I, I I still don't know right now if he's trolling. Was he on the Hiawuska? Well, well, here's what I'm wondering. Like, I, and I've seen people joke about this. They're like, "Do you think he's just saying that so that Michael Jordan doesn't draft him to the Hornets?" Oof. He's getting drafted to the Hornets. It's, I know it's, he it's is. Over with, like, so yeah, that, like that's the joke. Like, is he trolling or is he being smart and trying to avoid something? He said it with a straight face. Paul George is my goat. 
Jesus. So the second, like, the you can I, say favorite player. The more I, mean, I think about it, he might be off my draft board. Real quick before we move on from the NBA. Uh, real quick. Real quick. Before Paul George. You want, it, you want my sleeper for tonight? Yeah. And he's actually mocked to the Magic with the, left, the 11th pick. Oh, is this the shooter? My boy, Grady Dick. Yeah. Name of the entire year, <laughs> Mr. Grady Dick from Kansas. The one thing the Magic struggle with is three-point shooting. That's what he does. Look at that man. Yeah. Grady Dick. What a dick. What a dick. If they keep the 11th <laughs> pick, Grady Dick. Grady Dick. There you go. That's my sleeper for this draft right I, there. I can't wait for them to draft Dick. Um, <laughs> and then for someone to say, I love Grady. Uh, <laughs> you know they sell You know they sell Dick at Worldwide Market? No, I'm, said, I'm dead serious. They sell what? You heard me. You know that store, Worldwide Market, over there on uh, in Wesley Chapel. Not a big fan. No, I have no idea what. That I is. went there. I went there on uh, this past weekend. Right. With with Casey. Right. We go there to get some like kind of. They have like foods from all these different international places. Mm-hmm. And I'm kidding you. I'm just walking. And I'm scanning the aisle, and it said here. It it literally said like it's called Dick. <laughs> so you bought some Dick. I did not buy anything, but I took a nice picture of it to send to some people. <laughs> Send it to me, so I can post it. What is it? Like, Hold on, I'm trying to. I'm trying not, to. Is it like? I'm intrigued. What is it? I'm trying to look it up. Hold up. Okay. Hold up. Casey actually took the picture. She has it. Here it is, right here. <laughs> what? Auntie spotted dick. <laughs> Steamed puds. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> That's not true. It's called Auntie's Steam. Look, if anybody could see my phone right now, there it is. I'm not lying. This is what I saw in the store at the World Market in Wesley Chapel. Let me see that again. What does it say underneath? Steam puds? Yeah. Auntie Spud. Sultana and Raisin. (laughs) Sultana and Raisin. Do you get that at (laughs) dicks.com? Oh, how about, how about the description? What's the girl that does How about the, the description? The, uh, do you want to hear the description of this, this oh, product? Oh, you know I do. A, a, quick, <laughs> a quick and delicious anytime treat. It's a restaurant-worthy indulgence you can enjoy in a whim and in your pajamas. <laughs> <laughs> so, have some dick in your pajamas with, with, on a whim. Is that what you're saying? Apparently. Okay. Oh my gosh! If anybody, right. if anybody's been to England, it says this is from. This is from the. This was of in the. Of course, of course it's. <laughs> of course it's. This from was England. in the UK section. Of course so. it's in the UK food section, the worst food place in the world. I mean, are you kidding me? Get some spotted dick in what? What's the anties? Anties. <laughs> yeah, please send me that. By the way, I have to post that. Um, all right, uh, before we get to J.C. Allen, who probably wants no part of this show at this point. Um, so Rob Gronkowski, and we all know, is an epic partier, right? So one of his former teammates, Jake Baguette, who I've never heard of, former Pat's teammate. Um, oh, this is the dude that was like running for like senator or something like that. Okay. Um, Gronk- <laughs> all right, so... Um, let me see where, where does I should start to start. Appearing on the prime time with Alex Stein, uh, Baquette uh, delved into Gronk's history of partying and just how erratic the tight end got the nights before 
a big contest. Quote, we had all these key fobs that gave us 24-7 access to Patriots facility there in Foxborough. And during the offseason, Gronk would go out all night with his boys in Boston, stay up till 3 or 4 in the morning, whatever it was, and have his crew drop him off at the Patriots facility. He would, like, stagger into the Patriots locker room, key fob in, and go pass out on the training tables in the Patriots training room. From emergency IVs to passing out on any flat service after a night out, the legend of Gronk makes a case for the Frat Boys Hall of Fame. Baquette added, so then like an hour or two later, when the trainers would come in to start their work day, they'd come in there and see Gronk just sprawled out on the training table, fast asleep. They would go over there. They would wake him up. They wouldn't wake him up. They would roll up one of his sleeves and, you know, stick an IV in his arm. After a couple hours, he would just wake up like Frankenstein revived and go out there and just kick ass. <laughs> now, he said that he said offseason, but he also said, like, uh, before big games. So is this, is this Gronk, the Gronk ritual? Like, they just stuck an IV in his arm and he went out there and kicked ass? Whatever gets the job done. That's epic. That is epic, Gronk. That is, uh, that's a story that, that should go down. In the legendary category, um, that's that's fantastic. Uh, good for you. Oh Gronk. my goodness! Ayahuasca, psychedelics, Grady Dick, yes, Spotted Dick. Wow! And now IVs into Gronk's arm before games. Yeah. All right. Um, what we else have we, we have want? officially gone uh, way well, off well, the rails. Let, well, let's go real, totally off the rails. It's a story you brought up, um, and, and Ashley also sent to me. Oh no! What did I bring up? Well, we haven't talked about the, the lost sub, by the way, and our hearts. My prayers going out to uh, the family of the people that were in the sub. Their oxygen has run out. Um, they still have not been found. It's very unlikely that they're going to be found. Um, and that's just, you know, a terribly tragic situation. But, of course, social media can't help but, um, you know, delve into some of the other um, sub stories that are coming out after it, pun intended. Um, and one of the stepson of one of the billionaires – in the in the st- <laughs> after like what thirty minutes after wishing you know asking for prayers for his stepdad, uh, tweeted out something about he wanted an OnlyFans girl to sit on his lap or something, get a lap dance from his OnlyFans girl. Um, do you have some more specifics on this? I'm, I'm trying. <laughs> I don't want to have more specifics on this. Truthfully, yeah. I don't. I'm trying to find the uh, the headline. Yeah, the headline was was fantastic. That was really, really good. So this guy, you know, and, and, and really hoping that everything goes well. But, I mean, come on, dude. Where are we, where are we at with this? This, I mean, it was from the Daily Mail? It was from the Daily Mail. Hold, give me a sec. I'm trying to find the headline. But, yeah, he was like. And he attended the <coughs> Blink-182 concert. He's been, in some, he's been to a Blink-182 concert. I guess he's been in some arguments with Cardi B. Cardi B, yes. I want to say on Twitter. Yeah. And then. Doing a shout out to his OnlyFans girl. Doing a shout out to some random ass OnlyFans girl. Yeah, hold on. I'm I'm close. I'm finding it here in my archive. I'm almost to well, it. He's touching all the bases on his social media. So I, you know, I, 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 you gotta, you gotta love that. So good for him. All right, we'll take a break. When we come back, uh, J.C. Allen's going to join us. Maybe I don't know. He may he may decline the invitation at this point. Wait, hold on. So hold on before we go to break. Hold on. All right, you got to get this. I, I spent all this time trying to find the headline. I have it finally. Right. <clears throat> Your stepdad is lost at sea. California man whose billionaire stepfather is on missing sub as OnlyFans model to sit on him. Thirty minutes after pleading for prayers as he triggers war of words with Cardi B over Blink One Eighty Two concert. 
Yeah. Emma James for the Daily Mail. That is the headline of the year right there. Well, all I can say is everybody deals with grief differently. That's so, a hell of a way to deal. <laughs> Some people go into, you know, um, deep, dark depression, and other people lean on their OnlyFans. Girls. So, you know, to each his own. All right, we'll take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk some Bucks with J.C. Allen of the Pewter Report and ask him, could the Bucks have the best secondary in the NFL? That's that's something that the national people are kicking around, and I think there might be, uh, might be a little something to say about that. So we'll do that when we come back. We're brought to you by American Mortgage Services and Extravaganza Productions. If you're having a big event, a small event, a charity event, any type of event, and you want big time, audio and visual and all kinds of creative things going on extravaganza productions the people for you paul thomas and his team are excellent work with them many many times go to extravaganzaproductions.com for more information to get a free creative session with them back in three Insurance coverage can be confusing and expensive. I mean, where do you start? Which companies can you count on to pay out fast and fair? Well, call the great folks at Italiano Insurance. It's a family-owned business. Jeff and Nat Italiano are carrying on the 60-year-plus tradition of giving amazing customer service and giving back to the community through their annual backpack drive for needy students and their support of the local pediatric cancer patients. But it's the customer service that sets them apart. They can shop all your insurance needs and save you big-time money. Don't hop on the Internet and waste time looking at some bogus reviews. Talk to knowledgeable agents and not some voice-generated robot. These are confusing times for homeowners, and Italiano's team of experienced professionals can provide the right coverage for every situation, home, auto, business, life. It's Italiano for all the pieces of your life. Call 813-877-7799 or go to italianoinsurance.com. Hey, JP here for Extravaganza Productions Incorporated, EPI. You've probably seen their purple logo at so many events that you've gone to. They are based in Tampa, and for over 33 years, they've been creating and producing conferences, meetings, and special events, the biggest to the smallest, solid reputation of delivering the best audiovisual, sound, lighting, entertainment, video production, and decor on time and on budget. I've worked with them with so many big events. The Warrior Games, which was an Olympic-style event all over uh, Tampa Bay, from McDill to the Convention Center to USF, they did it flawlessly, made it look big and fantastic. I've worked with them on small events as well, uh, large and small meetings and conferences, sporting events, fundraisers. If you got a fundraiser, you don't know the logistical way to pull it off, they'll take care of everything. Entertainment events, branding events, grand openings, so much more. The folks at Extravaganza Productions are the most professional and the best. I've worked with them many times. They are fantastic. You can contact them through extravaganzaproductions.com or call 813-621-4700. Extravaganza Productions, they are awesome. Well, Fitz the Mortgage Guy did it again. A listener heard his ad was going to another big bank but called Scott Fitzgerald at American Mortgage Services of Tampa and Fitz saved him $618 on his monthly payment. Are you kidding me? Folks, that's big money. 
Rates are going up, they're going down, they're going all over the place. Scott will shop your loan and save you lender fees and get the best rates. Email him, scott at amstampa.com or call 813-294-7595. That's Fitz, the mortgage guy. Lots of stuff going on right now, and these rates are going all over the place. You need somebody knowledgeable in the market that will work hard for you and get you the best deal. That's my man, Scott. He's done three loans for me, done thousands of loans for local folks here, works with a lot of the coaches and players in the area. He's the guy. 813-294-7595 or go to scott at amstampa.com. Ladies and gentlemen, let's rock. This is FanStream Sports with J.P., all right, welcome back to this wacky ass show today. This is we need some normalcy added to this show. Thank God, JC Allen from the Pewter Report uh, is joining us now. What's up, JC? How are you? Good on, guys. How are you doing? Oh, it's been quite a day. It's been quite. A day. <laughs> oh yeah. I, I, uh, I woke up to the news of the Celtics trade last night. I went to bed and it looked like it wasn't going to get done. And this morning, Marcus Smart's traded and Kristaps Porzingis is on the Celtics. Uh, one of those mixed emotion mornings. They had to do something, right, to shake it up. Did they, they had to do something, but that's not what you Marcus were looking Smart. for. Marcus Smart's the heart and soul of that team. He plays he's one of the only guys that actually plays defense right. as inconsistent as he can be. It was still a little bit of a shock to wake up and see Marcus Smart was traded, but you know what? It, it made the front court better. I trust in Brad Stevens. They just got to pull up, pull out all the stops. To, to finally get over that hump, and we'll see if they can do it next year. I like a lot about Marcus Smart, but he seemed to take a lot of big shots that maybe he shouldn't be taking. <sighs> that's his. That's been his mo <laughs> since the game. Got <laughs> a lot of Russell Westbrook in him, you know. Like, yeah, you know, you got some other guys on your squad that probably would be better off taking that shot, but you just go right ahead and throw that thing up. Um, but Absolutely. whatever. But that's not what we're here to talk about. We're here to talk about your no. Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, J.C. Allen of the Pewter Report uh, attended almost every OTA and voluntary and mandatory workout. So you got a pretty good uh, sense of what some of these younger players are about. I mean, obviously, there's no pads out there. Um, but, but what what did you what did you glean from some of the new players? And we don't need to talk about the veterans. We know what those are. But some of the new players that kind of caught your eye. Yeah, just the work ethic um, and the intelligence of them. Um, you know, that, that was one of the things that was touted about this draft class was the character, the work ethic, the ability to um, grasp information, um, process that information, and then show it on the field. And I think you saw that. Um, not too many mistakes, um, some really big plays. I think when you look at some of where there were some potential deficiencies on, on some of these players, you know, whether it be playing time, whether it be size, whether it be... Uh, technique. Uh, I, I think what you try to get out of minicamp, whether it's rookie, mandatory, OTAs, just having guys in the building is their ability to take whatever is given to them and then show it on the field. And I think the coaches were very pleased with that. Um, a guy like Servasse Dennis, who's one of the biggest knocks on him, was that you know he was more of a blitzer than a guy who could really play in coverage. Right. You know, that's not what Pitt asked him to do. Has really shown up especially with Levante not being there for most of OTAs um, and obviously Denver White not there participating in mini camps or OTAs or any voluntary work. Um, guy had an interception. He, he's able to drop back in coverage, tips and balls, and, and looks really good in that aspect. Kalijah Kansi, even though it's not 
obviously in pads, the right. ability to take on double teams and break off double teams, uh, getting to the getting to the quarterback. You can see the speed is there. Uh, Trey Palmer showed off that speed that he can that he can get deep, get behind defenders with ease. Um, that was there. Yaya Diaby, another guy, big guy who only had a, you know a year of production. He looked really good. Um, again, we'll see more in pads, obviously. But I think the biggest takeaway for those young guys, those rookies, even the undrafted guys that they brought in, you know, um, is that their ability to um, take in that information um, and then show it on the field, especially like an undrafted guy like Christian uh, Izian, who's vying yeah. for that nickel spot, um, being cross-trained at safety. Their sixth-round pick, Josh Hayes, who's, who's came in, uh, played his last season as a safety, being trained for that nickel spot and that corner, um, you know, to be able to grasp two positions and go out there and, and execute it on the field. Um, even again, it is just, you know, helmets and T-shirts and shorts uh, shows a lot about what the Bucks are looking for mm-hmm. in this draft class and undrafted class, and it, it shows it's shown up on, on the field so far. And I know you can't really go into specifics on this type of things, but the offense, you know, some of the modern concepts that we've kind of been expecting uh, with Dave Canales' offense, is were you able to see kind of those things in the in the uh, the three days of mandatory mini camp there and what it kind of looked like? Oh yeah, lots of pre snap motion movement. Um, I'm, you know, I think the biggest thing about what this offense does is it puts everybody in a good position. It's a very um, offensive player friendly offense. The offensive linemen are going to be doing a lot more blocking laterally um, than trying to put put it, you know, push guys off the line of scrimmage. They're going to be moving guys down the line of scrimmage. Um, when you look at what they're going to be doing with some of their more athletic guys, allowing them to get in space, pull, reach that second level with ease. Um, as far as the running backs, we've obviously seen the success that Seattle has had with their running backs. Guys like Thomas Rawls, Chris Carson, undrafted free agents, Kenneth Walker coming in as a rookie last year puts them in a good position. Um, you know, even if they're not going to lead the league in rushing, um, you look at what Seattle has been able to do under these offensive systems and, and consistently have a high yards per carry um, number, you know, above four yards per carry every year. Um, it puts them in a good position. You look at the wide receiver position, um, it's going to allow them to really uh, utilize different strengths of the wide receivers that we might not have seen in recent years. I mean, Mike Evans talking about him being able to play in the slot more. We heard Rashad White talk about Mike coming to the sideline and say, man, I haven't been this open in a while. Seattle had 2,000-yard receivers. I think they're going to look at the same thing this year uh, with both of those guys being able to get open. Uh, tight end, they, they utilize a lot of 12-man, which is going to allow them to not only have the extra blockers on the field, but be able to break away and and make some plays, and obviously the quarterback position, the most important position is really simplified for them. Um, so I, I really think that when you look at what Canales is bringing into this offense, he's a high-energy guy. He's all around the field with different position groups, getting these guys excited, getting these guys involved, and there's a buzz and an energy in this building that hasn't been there for the last couple of years, which is strange to say with Tom Brady, when Tom Brady was there, you know. Um, but you, you look at this team this year, and I think – they're really, um, they're really embracing this new offense. They're embracing some of these guys are embracing position changes, um, you know, especially in the offensive line. Godwin being able to play a little bit more outside than in the slot, um, and, and I think it's going to make for, if not a productive offense, at least a very fun offense to watch and something that's not stale, something that's fresh and new and concepts that are oh, God, that yes. are proving to, to work in the NFL, unlike what we saw last year. 
God, yes. Please deliver us from that offense of last year. Dreadful. Absolutely dreadful. Yeah, I'll take a I, shot whenever I can. You know that. <laughs> oh, my God. It's, it's like, I mean, I was, I was watching. I, I'm a weirdo because I go back and watch some of these games because I want to see some of the, you know, the other players like Kate Otten, which I'm going to ask you about. Um, and it's just, it was so bad. I, and we, I remember watching, coming in here every Monday and just going, God, it was so awful in the defense. Every, you know, what they scored three points, six points at every half. It was, it was so bad. But you mentioned the tight ends, and obviously that's something they used a lot in Seattle. And I'm just, mm. I'm, I'm, I'm bullish on this team, but the tight end room to me has me a little bit concerned. Um, you know, Kate Otten is, God, he's so thin. And I, you know, I, I don't know if he's filled out much. I, I, what I saw uh, last week, I didn't get to see too much for one practice. You know, Coquif is just, you know, love the dude, great, great guy, but he's just not a big guy. Like he's not an inline tight end of of, of good size. Um, he tries hard. Uh, the the draft pick uh, Payne, I, I don't. He's bigger, obviously, and he can catch the football. He's just so slow. The tight end room seems underwhelming to me. What am I missing something here? Especially, yeah, think, especially if they're you know, going to be lining up two and three, at, you know, a lot. Yeah, I, I think Coquif is what he is. He's going to be that blocking tight end. What he lacks in size, he lacks. He makes more than makes up for in effort and skill. Um, you know, blocking is skill, blocking is probably skill, 70 percent skill technique wise. I mean, I see the dude dropping passes in the flat. He gets four targets. I'm not talking. I'm not. I'm not talking about as far as skill as position. I'm talking about technique as a blocker. Okay. You know, right. the right. biggest thing for blocking is technique. It's right. obviously, you know, over bigger guys, stronger guys can overpower you. But if your technique is right, you're going to be able to put those guys and hold them at the line of scrimmage. So I think he brings that. Um, I, I think with Otten, last year's coming off ankle surgery, didn't really have that opportunity. And, and as we know, rookies they're not training. Right. As soon as the college season ends, they're not training. Um, necessarily for football. They're training for the combine, training for their pro day. So having a full offseason under his belt, he's there every day, working okay. out in the weight room, getting bigger, um, getting stronger. I think that's going to help him tremendously. Now, do I think he's going to be some sort of all-pro tight end ever? No, but as an adequate fringe number one guy, um, you know, top 20 tight end in the league, I think that certainly has potential for him. The, the, the tight end position is one of the hardest positions in the league. That's why there's only a handful of those top guys. So teams are always trying to look for that guy. Now, uh, as far as Payne Durham, I think he's a solid blocker. He knows his limitations as a tight end. Um, you know, he's a big target, great catch radius, going to be really good in the red zone for them. And I think that's something that they missed a lot last year. He's yeah. a guy who can run those team routes. Obviously, he's not fast, but has, has learned how to use his body and, and, and length to separate from guys to make those difficult catches. Now, would the Bucks like to add a veteran to the room? That's a possibility I could see. Right now, there's really no one there's attractive out, out there. there. Yeah, we talked about that There's someone, nothing out there. So right. Someone comes available during training camp or, you know, someone gets cut. Maybe that's an avenue they'll look at. Um, but right now, they're rolling with the youngest tight end room in the league, and, and that's what they've got to work with. Mm. they got a couple other guys, you know, Dominique Daphne and some of these other guys who probably won't make the team, maybe practice squad consideration, but... You know, like I said, tight end's a hard position to land, and, and tight ends fall off quickly. Look at Jonu Smith. Hunter Henry had some yeah. down years before bouncing back. Uh, Mike Gusecki, Mike uh, Austin Hooper, Hayden Hurst. The list of Delton Schultz couldn't even get a deal that was, you know, in the neighborhood he was looking for. Tight end's a hard position. It's a hard position to learn, hard position to play, because you're asked to do be pretty much a lineman and a receiver. 
Um, and it's hard to find those guys. So, uh, you know, Payne Durham's pro comp has been Jack Doyle. KDOT is kind of like that Hayden Hurst, Austin Hooper type tight end. If you can get two of those guys to reach that max potential, I think you're pretty good. Obviously, they're banking on a lot here, but right. like we said, there's really no tight ends out there for them to even consider bringing in anyways. Mitchell so. Wilcox is out there, former USF guy. Yeah, who? Chris Wilcox? M- Mitchell. <laughs> was, oh, Mitchell Wilcox. Well, well, he, he was with uh, Cincinnati Wilcox. Year, right? Yeah, he was, the, he was Cincinnati. You can get the Wilcox next yeah, to the spotted dude. Yeah, Cincinnati. He's the guy I actually identified in my Bucks battle plan way back in March for them to potentially um, go after. Uh, because he does have that experience in Cincinnati's offense, which is a product of that, you know, Shanahan-McVay offense. Right. He's a guy they can maybe bring in, but he's, again, he's not a world changer. No. He's only really had one semi, semi-productive year in the league. Um, so, I mean, really, it's not like they're, he's a massive upgrade. Right. Maybe a veteran voice, but not a massive upgrade in, in the tight end room. Hey, I want to ask you about the uh, the offensive line because you know the Bucks have been pretty vocal about the fact that they see Matt Filer as the starting left guard, and, and if not outright yep. named him the starting left guard. And I know Pro Football Focus is not the end all be all and stuff like that, but right. you know you compare him to to Nick Everett or Nick Leverett. It looks like Nick Leverett had a much better year last year, and I thought all things considered, in a tough situation, he did a really good job. Uh, do you think that's the right decision to? to go with Filer at least right off the hook, or or you think they're just so attracted by the size of him being next to Wirfs on the left side? I think a lot of it is the size. I mean, at Todd Bowles, when he was talking at the end of the season, he he emphasized that he wants to get bigger on the offensive line. I think having Filer allows you to do that. Um, Nick Leverett's currently swapping uh, with Jensen Sideline, was swapping uh, starting rotations reps at starting center. Um, so they're cross-training him. He knows how to play left guard. He can play right guard. Now they're getting him really trained at center as well. So that versatility he brings, you really can't discount that um, on the offensive line. Same thing with Robert Hainsey and a couple of these guys. You want to have that versatility. But I think the size is, is, a, is a big factor of it. Um, you know, again, like you said, pro football focus is not the end-all, be-all. Right. Um, you look at who, you know, they, they lost their starting offensive lineman pretty early last year. Um, so he was playing with some young guys who he had to kind of have to cover up for as well. Um, so, you know, I, I think we're going to see what it looks like in camp. Again, Brandon Staley is another one of these guys from that McVay system, so it's a system that he's familiar with. Um, we'll just kind of have to see what it looks like when they have pads on. But, yeah, I mean, the sheer size of that offensive line on the left side, including Jensen at center, um, it's just definitely something that jumps out immediately um, when you're looking at it and brings that intimidation factor, that strength, and really what they want on that offensive line is some bigger guys, bigger bodies, and they got that with, with Mock now, um, you know, competing for that right guard spot, and obviously they have it with Gedeke over there uh, at that right tackle spot. J.C. Allen of Pure Report joining the, the show here. Listen, the secondary, I think, has a chance to be just outstanding. And, you know, when you've got two cover corners like Jamel Dean and, and, uh, and Carlton Davis, you should be able to put a lot of pressure on the quarterback. You should be able to come up with a lot of exotic blitzes. I, I don't think Bowles did that as much as he should have last year. I think his, 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 typically he's been high in the blitz rate. I think it came down a little last year. But I, I don't know. I, I just think that, that this defense needs to be uber-aggressive, especially against this bevy of young quarterbacks that they're going to be facing. 
And I think, and I think with, with pressure and good defensive backs and Antoine, you know, now being back in the middle there, more of a center fielder, I think they, that their interception level should go up dramatically and they can be a real force. And this defense is going to have to carry this offense early on in the season. I think there's no question about that with the new offense and all that's going on. Um, your, your thoughts on the, the defense and the secondary in, in particular? Yeah, I, I think you're. I think you're right, and I think a lot of the reasons why they weren't able to be so aggressive last year with all the injuries they were dealing with. Yeah. Obviously, um, at a point in time, you, you had guys like D. Delaney playing safety. You had you know Logan Ryan who was who's in, got injured. Um, you, you had uh, Keanu Neal who's not really versatile. It's more that just basically in the box safety, moving Antoine Winfield back to free safety. Having Ryan Neal back there, who graded out as PFF number one rated safety in the league last year, having those two guys there who are versatile enough to both be able to inter- intertwine at three safety, intertwine at strong safety, both play nickel, uh, will allow them to do a lot of different disguises and the different looks. Obviously, having Jamel Dean and Carlton Davis, um, Jamel Dean now getting recognition as a top 10 cornerback in the league. He's one of the very best to do it in press man coverage. When you look at Carlton Davis, he's been one of the top cover corners in the league for a while now, but doesn't get enough recognition, mostly because you can't catch the ball. Um, but, you know, you see, we've seen him shut down the likes of Devontae Adams, DeAndre Hopkins in his prime, Julio Jones in his prime. The list goes on and on of the guys that Carlton Davis has been able to shut down. And now you have a guy like, um, you know, Jamel Dean, who's really taking that next step and has that 4-3-7 speed that can really put guys to keep up with the top – top-end receivers in the league. Um, the only question mark there is going to be nickel, and they're relying on a couple of young guys to potentially win that spot. D. Delaney's been getting a lot of looks there. Um, they're, they're looking at Christian Izian, the undrafted agent from Rutgers, and also Josh Hayes, the cornerback um, slash safety that drafted in the sixth round from Kansas State. So that's the biggest weakness right now on this team is nickel cornerback, whether they choose to maybe look at a look at the route of going in free agency at some point. And that wouldn't be until training camp starts, obviously, once they get a look at how these guys perform in pads. But, you know, there are some, some guys still out there. Uh, Troy Hill, who played with the Rams. Bryce Callahan, who played with the Chargers. Those guys uh, logged a lot of snaps at nickel. There are a couple safeties out there if they want to go that nickel safety route. But if you look at that base package, that two cornerbacks, two safeties, they have a chance to be one of the best secondaries in the league. It's just going to be turning in those pass deflections into interceptions. They've got to get their hands on a lot more balls, create more plays. But as far as, you know, the timing-wise and really causing problems for quarterbacks um, because of their coverage ability, that should play into it huge. And that should give that off- that defensive front a little bit more time to yeah. kind of get to the quarterback, yes. finish with sacks, which was a huge problem from them last year. I know Anthony Nelson had five sacks, but really, you know, he, his, his pressure rate compared to his sacks wasn't amazing. Um, while Joe Triumph's pressure rate was amazing, his, his conversion to sack numbers weren't good. They obviously lost Shaft. Now he's coming out, back from a torn Achilles. They drafted a couple guys there, and, and Yaya Diaby and Jose Ramirez. Uh, we'll see how they function into that rotation, but uh, as well as having Vita Vea and Kalaja Kansi, Logan Hall taking that step, Greg Gaines. They've got some players there. They just need to make sure that you know they can finish when those cornerbacks and secondary give them the opportunity to make that, that QB hold on to that ball for that half second longer than he would like to. Before you go, I have to ask you uh, this question about the, one of the most divisive topics among Bucks fans, and that is the creamsicle. 
which is making its glorious return. I think JP would prefer that it would never come back. I would I would prefer that they wear it every I single. It, I just think it's it's a little over the top. You creamsicle people have lost your minds. Like it's the, well, the listen, greatest uniform listen, in the history I was of it, sports. I, mean, I wasn't on sport. I wasn't on Earth when they sucked in this uniform, so I don't have some well, of these see, battle there, scars. Well, there you go. That all the older Bucks fans, but I'd <laughs> right. like to see it every single week. JC, what do you oh think about these God, these creamsicles? I'm always a fan of throwback uniforms. I think it plays great nostalgia to the to the teams you know prior. Um, to the organization, the franchise, you know, uh, the Pat Patriot is a great logo. I think the Oilers is a great logo. The old school Seahawks is another great logo. And I, I really like the Bucko Bruce. I think it's good. Um, it might be a little cartoonish, um, you know, now given today's NFL where everything's got that, you know, they've changed the Dolphins to be a little bit more meaner and the Cardinals and the Seahawks <laughs> and the Falcons. Everything's a little bit more meaner and aggressive looking to match today's game. Um, but, you know, I, I like it. I like it for maybe one or two times a year. I wouldn't say every week, um, but it's a nice, fresh. Anything's better than those alarm clock uniforms. I'd rather see Bucko Bruce every single week than go back to those alarm clock uniforms. Um, God, you know, we're, awful. Oh. We, we spoke to Levante and Jamel, and they both got a sneak peek. Tristan as well, and they're a little bit different than what we saw. Um, you know, they're not the traditional. They've made some changes, tweaks to it. Um, I'll give him a shout out here, Samurai Lee on Twitter, he put out a really cool mock-up design that he had that I yeah, thought was really yeah, fresh and innovative. But, you know, if they go something like that route, I, I'm all for it. We'll have to wait and see, but I'm all for bringing the, bringing the throwback uniforms here back uh, here and here and now, definitely not every week, but then again, it, it's a nice touch to pay homage to the history of what came before. I think, I think the GOAT's response to the creamsicle is oh my gosh. all that needs to be said. You never let this one die, did He's you? He's like, I ain't wearing that freaking thing. No effing way. Am I putting that creamsicle shit on? No way. It was a one-off. It's all beautiful, but I, I think it's a little... You, you people get a little... You know, over the I, you know what? I will say I like it better than the new Detroit Lions helmet. So oh, oh, that's... What, what was... What is I that had to, like... Thing? I had to double-check if that was, like... If I was... If this was one of those, like, spam accounts on Twitter. Oh, like, was so there's just no way that's real. That's so awesome. You know what it reminds me? It reminds me of like the medieval, like what yes. like a medieval shield might have as right. for a lion. A little, like that, you know? a little busy. They don't really know what it looks like. They've heard about it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and someone was like, I think this is what it looks like. We'll go with this, you know? Um, All right, JC, before you go, take the take one of our polls today uh, with Joan Jett uh, hanging out at the Trop in the Orioles shirt yesterday. What's the legendary rocker that you'd like to see at a Tropicana Field concert? We gave you Bon Jovi, Kiss, Springsteen or other, where where are you going with that one? Can I bring someone back from the dead? Yes, absolutely. That's a that's fair play. Give me Queen all day. Queen all cool. day, all yeah, day long. Let me Freddie. see Freddie Mercury and as a uh, I want uh, Bob Marley opening up for him. Ooh, Bob Marley Queen combo at America's ballpark. At America's ballpark, could it even Ooh. handle it? Throw in some Jimi well, Hendrix. Maybe Jimi Hendrix says the night before. Who knows? Oh but, but yeah, I'm, I'm going old school uh, there. Journey's good if it's a, if it's the original lead singer. I, I've seen Journey with um, the replacement lead singer. It's pretty good. You close your eyes, you can hear it pretty well. But hey, yeah, I, you know, I, I mean, some of these old rock bands. I'm a my mom was an '80s child, so I, I love these the hair bands and stuff like that. But their voices are just shot nowadays, so yeah. you know they, they can't reach those notes any any anymore. So I, I don't want to see Vince Neil running around stage <laughs> overweight trying to hit these notes anymore. Same thing with uh, Guns N' Roses, but 
Um, yeah, there's I a. Saw, I saw Freddie Mercury good. and Queen. You know what? If I pick someone alive, I'd like to see Billy Joel. That would be a good. Oh, one. I've seen, yeah, I've seen Billy Joel multiple times. I saw Freddie Mercury and Queen back in, oh, in the late seventies. How about that? I would say the only that's older cool. rock band from the eighties, seventies. Did we lose him? Oh, we lost him. He's gonna. He's gonna give uh, us. A, oh, still, dude, still runs around the stage screaming. He can hit all those notes from an Iron Maiden. Uh, so I mean, he's he's a good one too. Who, right. who is that? You met, we cut out for a second there. Who are you talking about? Oh, Iron Maiden. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Oh. He still hits all those notes. Uh, I don't know how he does it, but he he's still screaming at the top of his lungs, full of energy on stage. It's a fun concert to watch. It's crazy stuff. All right, brother, good stuff. Uh, everybody, check out J.C. Allen and the Pewter Report, pewterreport.com, all their podcasts and their YouTube uh, uh, channel as well. Please subscribe. Yeah, big that. podcast coming up tonight. We've got Dave Canales on Ooh, um, nice. at 7 p.m. So definitely tune into that at Peter Report TV over on YouTube. Oh, um, definitely you know, turn in for that. It's going to be a good podcast tonight. He's like uh, Dickie V. Ask him one question. You can go to the bathroom and come back 25 <laughs> minutes later, and you're good to go. It's, it's great. The amount of information he gives you voluntarily um, without having to pry things from better, him is a, is a very uh, night and day scenario from, from last year. Come you know? on. Better than Leftwich? You're such a hater. My God, what's wrong with you? You know what? I no think logic. he knows no the difference between fantasy football and play action. So it's, it's already <laughs> off to a good start. <laughs> All right, brother. Good stuff. Thanks, JC. Appreciate it, buddy. Absolutely. Um, always a pleasure. Talk right, to you guys 7 soon. o'clock, Peter Report. Dave Canales. Good stuff. Um, all right. We are uh, we're almost out of time, thankfully, for this crazy-ass show. Um, what, what did we what did we not get to today? I think I we know. got it. We, we hit everything today. We, right, went, go, we went all over the place. Go to our Twitter and, and take our poll for the legendary rocker and also your favorite draft. Uh, I'll be watching a little bit of the NBA draft tonight, maybe. Just to freeze. I'm going to see you the Magic. I'll tune in a little bit, but I've got bigger things to handle, and that's called oh, it's bump day, baby. you got a softball game tonight, huh? Well, if weather permitting, I play at 9.30 tonight, oh. so I'll be waiting around. But i got McClanahan to watch. Oh, I'm, I'm going to be at the Columbia tonight, actually. Oh, nice. 